classic hip hop shit. Dr. D.R.E. Rose and Jay. Let's get them. We started out mopping floors. And now we front row with the awards. Number one for the last 20 years. If you real, motherfucker, scream cheers. Motherfucker, scream cheers. Yeah. And it is what it is. Welcome back to another episode of the Three Kings Podcast. It's your unfriendly neighborhood podcast providing you news, politics, and opinions with a uh, hip-hop flair to it. I'm your gracious host, T-Serve. So, you know, we've been gone for a minute, but we're back with a jump off. So, welcome back, everybody. I want to introduce you guys to uh, my two very distinguished co-hosts. First off, we have in the building, uh, he is Black Rob, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, studio audience. Thank you very much. Thank you. How you doing, sir? Good, sir. How you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Well, you're Falcons one, so you should be doing pretty good. Yeah, man. I would think. Against the Panthers, so. You know. <laughs> Division rival. Hey, it counts. A win. Uh, yeah. Division win is better than uh, any other win, so. You know what I'm saying? Right up, right up 85, so. Yeah. <laughs> they got bragging rights for this week, so you're good. You know what? So I also wanted to introduce you guys to uh, my other very distinguished co-host, He's your favorite mass hole, now a uh, Brooklyn hole. It's T Black, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's going on, T Black? Chilling live from the planet of Brooklyn. Yeah, live from uh, Skype. Skype out yeah, in Skype. Brooklyn. <laughs> no doubt. We make it happen. <laughs> find a way, we find a way, make a way, right? Yeah. yeah. No shit. Yeah. This technology uh, is it's a motherfucker. Right, man. That's what we're Futuristic at now. Futuristic shit, man. <laughs> so we, have, we have the Jetsons, Jetsons now or something? We the Jetsons, man. We got, we, got the, we got the most highly technical podcast on, the, on you know what I'm saying, on Apple's iTunes right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll be on our byline. I know, right? <laughs> What's up with y'all fellas, though? How's, how's everything? Good, man. Good. Just uh, spend a busy summer traveling, working, all kind of shit. So, so yeah, just um, me and the wife, we, uh, we went out to Wisconsin uh, this summer for like a week to spend time with uh, her family. Um, yeah, we, we like started a, uh, a business, like a dog boarding business and shit. Um, so we got like three fucking dogs in our house right right now. So, uh, yeah, we've been kind of doing it. So, yeah, we're, we're good. We're good. Yeah. Got your doggy Airbnb and shit. Hey, it's working. It's paying the bills. <laughs> These motherfuckers pay the bills. Hey, so. Amen. Exactly. Right. What about you guys? What's been going on? I just uh just been chilling, man. Um, I moved uh all the way from Alexandria, five miles down to Arlington. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. So man. why so why did you back move? in my old hood, man? Okay. The old building. So why why did you move? Tell the people. I don't know. I got tired of being up there. Alexandria, man, the building sucked. <laughs> and they were trying to turn the building into the, some projects or something, man. <laughs> infestation. I had to get the fuck out of there. Okay. Okay. A king like myself should not have to oh, live boy. under such conditions. Here we go. No, so meager, so com- no meager accommodations. I so deserve right. better. So they, they weren't throwing rose petals at your royalty. feet. Royalty. They weren't throwing rose petals at your feet. That's why you left. Yeah, you know. That's what's going on. They stopped, man. It's <laughs> bogus. Okay. All right. I'm not get mad at that. the fuck out of there, man. Back to. Triple C, man. Chris, the city cartel. <laughs> oh, All right, stop it. <laughs> you, you pushed it. You, you pushed it a little too far. Was cracking. You went. You went. Oh, you went way Chris, too far. the city cartel, my hood. Right, right. Stop it. <laughs> okay. All right. That's, that's right. enough of that. That's not, back to some. Back to some place that appreciates you. We'll, we'll do that. No what doubt. about What about you, T Black? How's uh, Brooklyn treating you? 
Yo, good man. Summertime NY was fantastic. Had a great time, you know, enjoying everything, enjoying the sights, enjoying the city, moving around the borough. So can't complain, man. You know, summer comes too fast and, and you know, it tends too fast and comes too quick. But you know how it go. We in the fall. So still hot as shit, though. You know, yeah. And yeah, that's true. Be up here is crazy as shit. Oh, my gosh. It's so fucking hot up here. I saw it's you, crazy. I saw you made a trip to the Bronx. Yeah, man. Had to do that for hip hop's birthday. You know what I'm saying? Had to head up to... 1520 Cedric, you know, during... And you made it back. Congratulations. (laughs) I always make it back. (laughs) How's that neighborhood? It was cool. You know, it's like any other spot. It's it's crazy because I didn't realize, like, it's literally right off the highway. So it's like like where Cedric Avenue is, it overlooks the highway. I forget what it is. 87, I think. I think it's Mm I-87. So it's, like, near the George Washington Bridge. So the area itself where the building's located, it's just, like... On a like on this strip where it's just you know a through way traffic, two way through way traffic and stuff and yeah people were real cool you know what I'm saying the you know people coming out just chilling you know and they let us take the flicks they weren't trying to press us or anything so you know, it's dope you know <laughs> nobody projects, was like right? is it sound no 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 it's just it's just a building just a oh, building okay. so no, it's, it's not, it's not project, any projects no. okay. nah 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 we, we ain't crazy like yeah that. they they pre- <laughs> they impress you because they wanted you to come back they wanted you to sneak shit sweet and then they get you that you get you next time. Yeah, they want me to come back in the nighttime. Yeah, but exactly. But aha. Aha. Not getting me. <laughs> hey, Poppy, <laughs> come back around here. <laughs> you know what I mean? This ain't your first rodeo. You know what I mean? Like, I don't give a no, fuck what sir. I said. Don't be coming around here before before noon. Already know. I'm over there in the daytime. It was, it was raining and cloudy, so that was good enough for me. We took the <laughs> flicks and we were out. <laughs> you know um, the BX. But shout out to BX, man. And you know what I'm saying? Definitely happy birthday, hip-hop. That was a good day. Great day. Yeah, yeah. True, true, true that. That's what's up. Yeah. So before we get started, we want to give a rest in peace to uh, Mac Miller. Uh, he's a titan in, in hip-hop. He's been around for years and years. And um, he's an overall good dude. So I uh, want to give, uh, give him a rest in peace. And shout out to him. So it was uh, kind of crazy because he uh, died of an overdose. Um, so, yeah, don't do drugs, ladies and gentlemen. But R.I.P. Mac Miller. So. Most importantly, mental R. health R. is real. Yeah, mental health is real. R.I.P. to Mac Miller. Mental health is real. So whatever I say issues. No. Yeah. no, I'm just saying, you know, any issues people may be going through, don't be afraid to address them, man. You know, there are people out here and professionals that would definitely and are willing to lend a helping hand. So please, please, you know, take your mental health seriously, folks. Yeah. yeah. He, had, he had a lot of demons, so, um, yeah, it's yeah. pretty fucked up. Be careful of those drugs. I'm not going to say not to do it, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, big, big pharma, big pharma lobbyists from the triple <laughs> From the triple <laughs> From the crystal cartel. So, so Black Robin. Big pro, pharma drugs. I hear you. Hey, sometimes you got to alter your mind. Okay. All right. But be careful. God damn it. <laughs> make sure your job don't hear this. So, so. <laughs> make sure that they don't know They don't know that you're broadcasting. So. He works. Y'all, y'all work. <laughs> my, my son works. <laughs> <laughs> Papa Karan just like, my son works. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, um, so before we get started, I wanted to say, say a little something. So, um, say some, some, somebody out there, you know, you thought you could trick us. You know, I've seen you out there, you know, talking about, you know, all this, all this stuff and whatnot, but uh, Lawrence Hive will not be denied. Insecure, Lawrence is back, ladies and gentlemen, okay? <laughs> Saw you trying to trick us. You tried to say, oh, he wasn't going to be back all season, but like I told Black Rob, Lawrence Hive ain't nothing to fuck with. So... <laughs> Welcome back, Lawrence. 
Oh man, I knew you were do- doing jumping jacks when when you uh, when you saw him. Nigga, I knew he was coming back. I mean, there's look, people they they were trying to give the okie doke and shit. Yeah, they, they, she got she, me. She gave an interview. She's saying, "Oh, he's not." And he he even gave an interview. He was like, "Oh, I've, I they um, they must have finished recording. They didn't call me or whatever." She she definitely like, got me. I was like, "Get the fuck out of here!" You know he's you know he's coming back. You know he's gonna be around. And they even they they didn't even invite him to uh, like the um the um. Uh, the uh the red carpet shit for uh for insecure he wasn't Damn. even out there All right. so they they tried to they try to get you I gotta, but I gotta give him props for that man nah, Lawrence mm-hmm. Lawrence Hive knows what's up Lawrence Hive <laughs> Lawrence Hive will not be denied ladies and gentlemen so we'll see what happens in the future uh, it's gonna be a good show tonight it should yeah. be it should hey, be there, there you have it ladies and gentlemen Lawrence is back <laughs> Lawrence is back <laughs> there you have it so you guys uh ready to get into some of these mathematics yeah yeah it's mathematics. That's right. It's simple mathematics where we talk about uh, the news and events uh, going around our country and around the world. So, first off, we have uh, Michael Cohen and Paul Manafort. So, a lot has been going on uh, since we've been gone, but... Uh, they got him, ladies and gentlemen. I fly to you from Russia with love. Yeah. So, Michael Cohen, uh, Trump's fixer, he pled guilty to eight counts of a campaign finance violations, tax fraud, and bank fraud. Uh, in, in his statement before the court, uh, he said that he uh, violated campaign finance laws, quote, in coordination with and at the direction of a candidate for federal office, meaning Trump, uh, unquote, uh, for the principal purpose of influencing the election for Donald Trump in 2016. In addition, Paul Manafort, uh, Donald Trump's presidential campaign chairman, from June to August 2016, he was convicted of five counts of tax fraud, two counts of bank fraud, and one count of failure to report foreign bank accounts. So, what do you guys think about this? Yo, it's a wrap. <laughs> this shit is a wrap, man. Trump is a dead man walking. Yeah, you know it's a matter of time. Yeah, man. His, his life is, you know, is numbered in, in, in low digits. Shouts out to Prodigy, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, uh, because, I mean, Cohen, his fixer, then we had his CFO, which might even be bigger than, than Cohen. Yeah. This C- guy knows everything. He's been working for the Trump since the 70s. Yeah, the CFO of uh, Trump's, uh, I guess, Trump's whole company. Yeah. Yeah. He's been, you know, he's been, he's working for them since, you know, since Fred Trump ran the organization. And he's been talking. Mm-hmm. And then Manafort. You know, he tried to stand tall. I got to kind of like give him props a little bit, man. <laughs> he was like, take this shit to trial, bitch. Take this shit to trial. You know what I'm saying? Shouts out to the last Mr. Big. Well, <laughs> 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 we got to hear that song played in the strip club in Atlanta, boy. Oh, boy. Nothing like it. Oh, boy. You're, um, you're really telling you on yourself on this episode, ain't you? <laughs> Hey, I, I'm staying. Oh, I, know you guys, I know you guys are married, guys. <laughs> this, you will never do such things. This is dry snitching season, apparently. You will never do such things. Nah, I hit the strip club. I'm sorry, what's a strip club? What's a strip club? 
Uh, well, you do that shit. What is that? <laughs> uh, nah, well, okay, I know what the strip club is. Don't worry, Black Rob. <laughs> thanks, thanks for having we, my don't, bet. we don't we don't forget. <laughs> don't forget. Um, but yeah, so Manafort, like uh, you know, basically flipping. So you have Cohen, who's going to talk about uh, felonies that were committed, um, campaign financing. Then Manafort is going to back up the story of the Russian, uh, the meeting at the with the Russians and the in Trump Tower. Uh-huh. That's a conspiracy against the United States. But Manafort, he didn't. He he's not. He's not. Um, he's not cooperating though. Oh, he's cooperating. Not yeah, not from. Ma- well, he just no. he, he just pled just like this past week, but he's not cooperating from my understance to mm-hmm. anything with the uh, with no, the Trump. Yeah, campaign. I thought they, I read. Yeah, no, they he updated the story. Right, he's, he's cooperating because they charged him with five counts. Mm-hmm. He pled guilty to two, right? So they're letting the other three escape. Okay. Plus, they promised him no more than ten years for both cases. So yeah, he's he's been talking to them, snitching. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, man, it's a wrap. He's gonna tell them, yeah, we met with the Russians at the behest of the president. The president knew, and we'll try to get information on Hillary Clinton. And by the way, those are gonna be the. Those two charges are going to be the, the, the least of his worries. Because once they start getting his ass and they start talking about all the money laundering for all the Russians he's been doing since the 90s, it's a fucking wrap. But if, but if he's cooperating with, uh, with um, Mueller, I mean, why is Trump, like, bigging him up on Twitter then? Uh, when did he big him up? He, he hasn't bigged him up since they announced it. No, he's he's giving him he's giving him shit. He's giving him props for like not not snitching or whatever. On like Cohen, he's he's like been getting on on Cohen for like snitching and everything. But he was like you no know, talking about like I'm, I'm paraphrasing him, but like saying he you know Manafort stood tall or whatever. He oh, didn't, that he was before. That was before. Like I promise you, because a lot mm-hmm. of people are saying that it's not you know he's not snitching. But if he was pleading guilty, I mean, you can go up to the judge and plead guilty. I throw myself at mm-hmm. the mercy of the court. Blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. But when you when you come to an agreement with the prosecutors, mm-hmm. that means you're giving them something and they're giving you something. So mm-hmm. in this case, they promised them no more than ten years. They took a bunch of his property, a bunch of his money, but they still, I think they still left his wife. They took the ostrich jacket. Oh man, <laughs> god damn! I'm gonna buy that yep. shit. Man. <laughs> eBay, <laughs> eBay, on eBay. <laughs> one of those yeah. est- one of those estate sales. Oh, shit, you know, right? she looks I mean, sweet. So you live in, in Alexandria, don't you? So you can fucking go to uh, uh, the Manafort estate. That's gonna be lit. They took his house. So, I mean, yeah, when they do have that estate sale. Yeah, yeah, I yeah right. My, I, got, I got my eye on the ostrich jacket. <laughs> I'm getting to the. I'm getting there first. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you that much. There'll be a new ostrich jacket in the next episode. Later. <laughs> one of us, go, one of us gonna be wearing it. Yo, right, right. Manafort is yeah. like yeah. Mr. Burns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, Trump surrounded himself with a gymnastics team. The way they flip it, right? So, I mean, <laughs> you know, really. But you know, in all, in, in, you know, in all seriousness, man, it's just it, you can just see how much fuckery, <laughs> how much fuckery is going on with this guy and. You know, a lot of people, you know, especially the supporters, I know they said they wanted to, you know, to drain the swamp and that they wanted a a change in Washington. But you're just realizing that, hey, the snake's still the same. Doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Especially you went out and got the biggest rat that you could find to put in the White House thinking it was going to be something different. And, you know, and it's and you could just see he surrounded himself. Trump surrounded himself with nothing but crooks. You know what I mean? He he's the he's he's really a goon if you really look at it. He really you know, is a, a goon. He's a thug. He's a thug, 
right? Mm -hmm. He surrounds himself with all these, you know, crooks and, you know, with Manafort, I mean, it was no secret around D.C. that this guy was in bed with the the Ukrainians and doing all this dirty shit in the Eastern Bloc countries. I mean, you know, he just surrounded himself with crooks. And Michael Cohn, I mean, that dude... Trump should have known he was a, a, a little crooked bastard. I don't know what he just he has a bad choice of character. He just doesn't understand that. You just surround yourself with a bunch of like you know what I'm saying flakes. You're not gonna get bones. some straight arrow people that believe in you know following the law and right. doing things by the book. Yeah, it's Donald Trump, man. Shit, this motherfucker don't even pay people. That's why he could get money from any right. U.S. banks. That's why he had to go to Russia in the first place because uh-huh. right. he could not right. get money from the banks in the United States because. He'll tell him, go fuck yourself. I'm not paying you. <laughs> yeah, <he laughs> Take me to court. In Atlantic City, right? Yeah, he did, yeah. did that shit in the Taj Mahal. You know what I mean? He screwed so many people. But again, you know, it's just once and once again, we're just seeing where people wanted to believe what they wanted to believe about that man. And they realized that shit. But I don't even know. A lot, some of them have realized, but a lot of them still don't. That he's nothing but a fucking slime ball. I don't think anybody cares, honestly. I don't think, I don't think most of his supporters even care. Honestly, I don't think I don't think I don't think it's going to damage him when it comes to his his core supporters. His core core. It's going to it'll course. damage him with pretty much everybody else with like mm-hmm. independence, especially probably. But um, yeah, if you're if you're a core Trump supporter, the fuck do you care? You know, if 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 you're if the guy that you support has surround himself with people who are slime balls, as long as he get does the shit that that you want. You know, yeah. legislatively speaking. Yeah, but even with his rallies, man, if you like the last rally he did with Billings, Montana the other day, like his supporters are looking bored. They're kind of like, okay, <laughs> it's really all about you, dude. Like, all right, we get it. We get it. Like, you know, you're the president, though. It's a job to serve the country. Like, who cares? This is not about you. Like, you can see it in their face. The enthusiasm is waning a little bit, I think. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think we'll have to see. We'll, we'll see yeah, what, we'll what see. Happens, happens in this November. No yeah, doubt. we'll see what happens in like the uh, the toss up toss up um, elections this November. Like uh, I'm particularly looking at like Texas. Um, uh, where else is uh, like uh, in Indiana? Um, uh, there are other places. Uh, there's a um, I think uh, is it uh, Minnesota mm-hmm. that there's a that there's also an election. Oh, uh, Missouri. Missouri is another big one. Another big mm-hmm. ones. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see what the what the enthusiasm level is for for uh, GOP supporters. I think yeah. that that's gonna be that's gonna be very telling because obviously you know Democrats are gonna be very very pumped, very amped to uh, bring out their their base. But we'll see how how the GOP bring brings it out their their base. Yep. Right. No doubt. So we'll <laughs> see. But speaking of uh, election, uh, it's primary season. So in the last few months, there have been uh, a lot of um, very high profile primaries. Um, in particular, um, uh, there have been a lot of uh, high-profile uh, progressives who have won or have come close to winning uh, this primary season. So it seems like um, the Democratic uh, establishment is slowly but surely might be moving further to the left as opposed to uh, basically a centrist position for which most Democrats are. So. Uh, particularly Ocasio-Cortez won the Democratic primary in New York's 14th Congressional District, covering parts of the Bronx and Queens in New York City. She beat uh, incumbent Congressman uh, Joe Crowley, who's the Democratic caucus chair. Ayanna Presley is the uh, Democratic nominee for Massachusetts 7th Congressional District. Having, yeah! Having, <laughs> okay. uh, having defeated uh, incumbent Michael Capuano in the primary election. Andrew Gillum won the nomination for governor in Florida. Uh, 
unexpectedly won uh, 34 to 31%. He's the first black nominee for governor of Florida. Stacey Abrams won the Democratic nomination for governor of, of Georgia, making her the first black woman to be a majority party's nominee for governor. Um, also, Cynthia Nixon, she, um, she lost uh, this, this past week to uh, Andrew Cuomo, the Democratic Party, uh, Democratic primary in New York, but uh, she managed to uh, push Andrew Cuomo further to the left. Um, so what do you guys think about this? Do you think uh, this bodes well for Democrats and for just for the country in, in general? Do you think, do you actually see um, the country and the, the party going further left or is this an aberration? Uh, I, I see it moving further left. I don't know how far left they would want to go because, as you mentioned, you know, with Cynthia Nixon here in New York, you know, she gave it a good try, you know, but as the New York Post headline said, status Cuomo. What you know. more do you want from me? <laughs> right. So I think you, you're seeing a good, you know, push and, and you know, the momentum is going in the right direction. But just like we just said about, you know, with the upcoming general elections in November, we'll see. You know, I mean, you know, that's one of the things like sometimes you'll hear from Democrats, especially, unfortunately, that they they want to go to the left, but they're trying to get there slowly. So how far how fast they want to go left, you know, we'll have to wait and see how these elections turn out in um, in November. Yeah. Um, shit, man. We we <laughs> I say we progressives. We lost a big battle in 2016 uh, when Hillary beat uh, Bernie. But yeah, we are, you know, starting to win some battles now, you know, mm -hmm. and <clears throat> I'm just glad that I'm seeing so many young, inspiring progressives holding up that progressive flag and saying, yeah, I'm a progressive. They let me go far, far, as far as to say I'm a democratic socialist, right? Mm -hmm. Which is something like the older generation, the Obama and Hillary, that generation of baby boomers. They got their ass whooped so much by uh, Ronald Reagan that they, they saying liberal is like almost like a pejorative now. Uh -huh. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Meanwhile, conservatives are as right wing as ever, and they've managed to push things to the right. So, mm -hmm. like even the moderate Democrats are on the right side. You know, they're center right, and right. a lot of their views. So they don't push uh, progressive policies like universal health care, free uh -huh. free college. All those good things that that people are gonna be supportive of, even like Republicans, they'll do the math. They'll be like, "Look, healthcare takes a big chunk out of the country, right? And uh, it's not good for students to graduate college owing all this money." So uh, these are very popular uh, policies, and I'm just glad that they're holding the flag and they're they're, they're proudly proclaiming themselves to be progressives. Now, as far as you know, their success, we'll see. We'll see in November. Yeah, um, I think it's it's good that um, the country. Well, well, I'm not going to say the country, but you're you're seeing a lot. You're seeing some prominent um, races where the, uh, the the nominees are moving further to the left because essentially for years, basically since since Clinton, we've had like the the Democratic uh, Party has been like a center right party, and the, and the Republican Party has been an extreme right party. We don't really have a left a major left party in this country right now. Um, so the good thing is that um, somebody like Ocasio Cortez, um, Ayanna Presley—I mean, they're they're progressives. So uh, even though the, the woman that I, the, the person that Ayanna Presley uh, defeated, um, he's also a progressive, but he also took PAC money. So uh, 
it's good to have to have somebody who's a, who's a progressive doesn't take pack corporate pack money that sort of thing in there so but i i caution people to just don't think that you know it's it's actually it's actually happen it's actually happening you know it, the democratic party is is going to be progressive a progressive party anytime in the near future because i mean you still have established democrats the the leadership is still is still very much a center right center right leadership nancy pelosi chuck schumer they're both very much center right mm-hmm. um and even the, the platform the platform hasn't hasn't really budged really much you've seen certain uh candidates who you would assume are going to be uh running for president like cory booker um uh, kamala harris uh, Kristen Gillibrand, she, they've been, they've all like uh, started going towards um, Medicare for all, which is good. But the question is still, are they, are they, are they really progressives or are they just pandering? Uh, mm. Mostly likely pandering. But yeah. <clears throat> what we got yeah. to do is, we have to have progressives in Congress so they can form a caucus, uh-huh. mm-hmm. just like the Freedom Caucus um, with the extreme right wing. There has to be that check on. You know, uh, Democrats, mm-hmm. right? To keep them from fucking around, man, uh-huh. and and doing, you know, being dinos, <laughs> Democrats in name only. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. The, the, we need that to balance out the Republicans on the other side. And and guess what? The policies that are pushed by progressives are popular with most Americans. You know, yeah. Medicare you, for all is like even popular yeah. among Republicans, right? Right, because they know things like their base. Well, their base. I mean, mm-hmm. their base is pretty much a lot of the baby booms and the older generation. Right. I mean, conservatives. Well, conservative anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know that that I just think that we need that caucus, man, a strong caucus that the 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 Democrats leadership will have to consult them before they can make moves. The same way the Freedom Caucus, the the Republicans have to, you know, be aware of where they stand on certain issues before they can um, make any moves. So I think that's that's what that's what we need at the very least. And also not being afraid to talk about the accomplishments and the fuck ups of the Republicans. You know, that's the one thing I think the Democrats and maybe that is the philosophy of the center right is not to attack. You know, it's always like the Democrats now are always on the defense and just just sitting back and hoping for the self-destruction of the Republican Party. But it's really important, I think, in this election and moving forward that they really stand on the offense and show the good things that they've done and the things that they want to change and stand on their principles and laurels and let the people know and be proud of it and not be afraid to just to really just pop and stick out, you know, just stick your head out and, you know, puff up your chest and say, we nice. Yeah, that's what the Republican, right? Yeah. That's what the, throw the your flag up. Throw your flag up. The Republicans, <laughs> don't, right? They don't give a shit. They'll tell you in a heartbeat. Oh, you know? oh okay. Uh, I I get what you're saying, but I mean, mm. I guess my question is, what is a Democrat then in that case? I mean, Democrats, Democratic Party doesn't really doesn't really isn't really for single payer. Democratic Party isn't really only, only thing only thing I can really think of the Democratic Party is for is like um, uh, women's rights, abortion, uh, LGBT rights. That's that's really it. Everything yeah. else you might see, like you'll you'll see like a lot. You'll see a lot of lot of Democrats on both sides of, of a lot of different issues. Yeah, so they, they're fighting on social issues. So it's a you know, um, not solar, it? not not black issues. Okay, let's 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 be clear on that. Yeah, let's be clear. Um, and that's something we as black people got to hold them accountable for in this yep. election that so they just can't be giving our. We're not giving away votes just because they call uh-huh. it the culture wars, right? Uh-huh. So that's what's been going on. And they've been getting us hype on the culture wars on both yeah. sides, right? 
like abortion on the on the on the right. Uh-huh. Some of these like gay rights issues on the left, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Meanwhile, when it comes to economics, they commiserate with each other because uh-huh. they're all getting paid by the same people. Of course, right? they they getting money from the right. same corporations. So they're like, look, we'll fight for these culture wars on on you know. That, that we have to to get our bases energized. Uh-huh. But when it comes to, like, taxes and, you know, um, keeping the corporations in check, we're going to work together. Yeah, basically, so, when, it, when it comes to almost almost everything else, like, they'll, they'll work together. I, like, you, you'll see, there, there are a lot of uh, prominent Democrats who are, like, um, who, who, who are on both sides of, of a lot of issues, except for those two issues that I mentioned. But, but, but what you see is you, you have a, you, you're, able, you're able to peel off enough Democrats to latch on to our Republican issues that, you know, they can pretty much get whatever the fuck they want to uh, in place. I mean, look at fucking Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin's a Democrat in name only. I mean, how he, he votes for, he votes on, uh, for Donald, with Donald Trump uh, a vast majority of the time, but he's a Democrat. I mean, what, what good, uh, what good does it do to like have somebody like Joe Manchin in, in office? You know, and um, just one last thing, cause you know, they probably need to move on, but um, in New York, Cuomo had a group of Democrats that worked in conjunction with Republicans to stop progressive uh, policies. Yeah. It was uh-huh. a caucus. Luckily, six out of the eight of those legislatures got kicked out and lost their uh, primaries. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, I mean, they can't, have, they can't lose their power, but that's the extent that they'll go. They'll, you know, uh-huh. it was blatant in New York that they will form a, <laughs> a yeah, caucus yeah. to stop progressive policies. Yeah. I mean, that's wild. And when yeah. and when Cynthia, Cynthia Nixon she um, she pressed them on it, um, uh, Cuomo basically reversed reverse course. He uh, yeah. he he basically uh, got those Democrats to you know just basically vote Democratic instead of like voting voting with Republicans because she pressed them on it. So that's that's a good thing that you know she brought she brought up. So I mean, she 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 might have, might have lost, but she uh, she definitely did some things that that help uh, progressive uh, issues in New York. So mm-hmm. shouts out to Miranda. Yeah, <laughs> no shouts out Miranda, the best of the uh, Sex in the City ladies. <laughs> so let's move on. Um, another big story that happened uh, over the summer is that uh, John McCain died on August twenty fourth. Uh, he said that he would uh, ne- uh, no longer receive uh, treatment for his cancer, his brain cancer, and he, then he uh, passed away the next day. Um, you see, all you saw a lot of uh, different uh, people um, touting his uh, the things that he did in Congress and uh, when he was in the military, uh, that sort of thing. So, uh, what are you guys' reactions uh, of John McCain's passing? Uh, I mean. John McCain is a mixed bag, mixed bag, man. On the one hand, he voted against uh, the MLK holiday. Uh-huh. On the other hand, he admitted that he was wrong and asked for forgiveness. I guess. Um, on one hand, he you know he refused to play dirty politics uh, to include race officially in his campaign. On the other hand, he's the one who chose, uh, who picked Sarah Palin. <laughs> Sarah Palin is really the start of Trump, right? Like, mm-hmm. as a national figure, like, the Republicans, the quality of their candidates has been going down from W to Sarah Palin, and now it's hit the basement with Donald Trump. And I feel like if John McCain and his uh, campaign manager, 
who's now all the time on MSNBC attacking Trump. If yeah, they didn't Steve pick Schmidt. Steve Schmidt, I think they they felt they have a guilty conscience because they know picking Sarah Palin led us directly to Donald Trump. So yeah. I mean, it's a it's a mixed bag, man. I'm not gonna. Yes, you know. Steve Schmidt yeah. even even left the Republican Party. Yeah. Mm. You know, I mean, when, you know, John McCain, I mean, looking at him as as a human being, you know what I'm saying? It was definitely, he, he definitely had, you know, he was paradoxical at best, right? I mean, there's so many things in his political career. But, you know, you look at him as a person who, you know, overcame a lot of shit. I mean, the dude was a POW, you know what I mean? Came home and, you know, represented his country and all that good shit. And, you know, and, and I would say he was at least one of the more common sense uh, Republicans, you know, you know, as far as in the Senate, you know what I mean? Um, that tried to get shit done as best as possible when the Tea Party flooded the whole damn, you know, government as we know it today. Uh, but yeah, to your point, Black Rob, I mean, hey, you know, no, nobody's record can is unscathed. And, you know, again, man, you know, you know, we wish that if we had more Republicans like him, who at, at this point in the latter part of his career, who are willing to be partisan and work together, you know, maybe we'll get more shit done. Yeah, um, I, I I have a hard time, you know, um, you know, giving a lot of these uh, these um, these uh, these props to uh, John McCain that a lot of people a lot of people have. I mean, people people love I'm to shot. like people like to like to say, <laughs> have we met before? People love to like lionize people once they die. I think I think mm-hmm. I think it's a fucked up thing that people like to like just like, smooth over the fucked up things that people people do like when when they die. Yeah. Okay. He 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 was a war hero. Um, you know he he uh, he uh, he was in a, he was in a Hilton Hanoi um, Hanoi Hilton. Um, yeah. Okay. But you know he did a lot of damage to a lot of people. I mean, you talk about you know go from a, from a, you know, Medicare for all. Um, you know, going with the a lot of the uh, the Bush agenda. You know, he was a war he was a warmonger. He was a, honestly if he if he would have uh, been elected president. Can you imagine how many wars we would be in right now? I mean, Obama put us in put us in like another five wars. We'd probably be in like a good twenty wars right now. We probably would have <laughs> invaded Iran. We would have we would have done we would have invaded Syria by now. Uh, we would have we would have, we would be like all over the place, war everywhere right now. I think so. I think people need to kind of pump the brakes when it comes to John McCain. Okay, don't don't just like. Uh, Gloss over all the all this shit, all this shit uh, that that he's done just because you know he mm-hmm. died or whatever. Because you wanna you wanna you wanna canonize him as like a lion of the senate. You wanna make make you wanna just like um, talk about his uh, his war record or whatever his, his the fact that he was a prisoner of war. But I mean, he did a lot of fucked up shit. And if he was if he was president, then he would have had an opportunity to do even more fucked up shit, way more. He would have well, cost I- a lot of lives. Well, let me make sure, because, you know, let me make sure I'm clear. <laughs> at the end of the day, I don't think we're glossing over his record, his political record at all. I just think we're looking at the totality of a man, just say, listen, at the end of the day, he did as much as he had to do. I'm glad he didn't get elected president. He wasn't president. So they, what ifs, you know, don't even come, you know, can't be in, taken into account here. And at the end of the day, man, hey, the man passed away. It's time for a new day. And at least you can say he was trying to work towards when, when Trump got in office, he could have still continued to toe the party line. Right. He could have made that choice. But he did it. He and did. He, he did. He did for the most part. I mean, there was a couple of votes where, where he didn't. I mean, in particular, the, you know, the, uh, the the very famous one, the Obama Obamacare one. Where he did give it a thumbs down, but for the most part, he was he he voted he voted for the GO, with the GOP with the GOP tax tax cuts, all the all that stuff. So I mean, 
I, I really, I really don't have don't have that much uh, that much sympathy for for someone who uh, who's like a filthy filthy rich, a uh, hundred millionaire who can was able to get all the medical coverage in the world because they're mm-hmm. they're filthy rich, but you know they're they're willing to take away people. Uh, to take away people's um, uh, their um, insurance and ability to get uh, health healthcare coverage, um, over, just over the fact uh, because you don't want quote unquote socialism or whatever. So yeah, that's I me. I, I don't I don't think um, you know I got a John McCain you know cap on and all shit like that. I mean it, it was just a question. So yeah, <laughs> we, you know you know I'm right. Not, I'm like, nobody's taking it that personally. But, uh, I'm not going down on uh, defending John McCain. So right, right. You know <laughs> he's a mixed like, bag right, to me. So right, we're kind of yeah, like uh, you're right. Okay, oh, all right, bro. Yeah, he, he was that. a warmonger. Right. Yeah. So um, let's move on. Um, so next up, we have um, a story coming from uh, Dallas, where a white cop has shot a black man in his own apartment. So Amber Geiger, uh, a white police officer of the Dallas Police, police Department, uh, was off duty when she shot Botham Shem Jean, a black man in his apartment. Uh, Geiger told the police that she thought she was entering her own apartment, not realizing she was on the wrong floor. Upon entering, uh, uh, encountering Jean, she thought her home was being burglarized and opened fire, according to police. So, um, what do you guys think about this story? I don't believe that shit one bit. <laughs> Here's my theory. I feel like they have, they know, they knew each other. They had a relationship going on, and basically something went left where he probably was like, "Yo, I'm done messing with you." She took it to heart. And basically, she set him up, set him coming through. He left the door unlocked. She stepped in, and then boom, she took a vengeance. And knowing that she was a cop, she used her power, abused her power, and now we're at this point. And until the toxicology come back, maybe there might be a little bit of variation to that theory, but that's the way I see it. So, mm. fuck her. Um, yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> obviously she's lying, right? Yeah. Like, that story does not make any sense at all, man. Even if, like... Let's put your your theory aside. The way she explains it, that she came and his door was open slightly ajar, um, and she walked in and she saw a, a black figure, mm-hmm. and she shouted commands. But the neighbors are saying she was knocking on the door, saying right. let, saying let me in. Yeah, and there was an argument. So definitely they knew each other. They knew each other. Yeah. And the way she looked on those on the, on those mug shots, she looked like she was intoxicated or something, mm-hmm. right? So. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like a domestic, a domestic situation. The fact that they charged her with a manslaughter, and now they're trying to talk about the guy had weed in his house. Uh, it's cut just, it out. You know, it's just more of the same that we've come and see when police officers do, do something, man. I mean, it's fucking. I mean, how more egregious does it get, man? When you get shot chilling in your own apartment. Uh-huh. <laughs> what the fuck, man? Exactly. This is when this is when smash and dash goes wrong. Oh my god, man! <laughs> Imagine you're chilling one one minute, the next minute somebody comes in your house and shoots you dead, and they're not even charged with murder. What did uh, Bill Bellamy say in How to Be a Player? Uh, Don't fuck with a chicken in your own apartment building. <laughs> so um, yeah, um, obviously I don't believe I don't believe this story either. I, I think it should be noted that. Um, her initial story that the cops said was that um, was that she uh, wa- uh, she uh, tried to tried to she was at the front door she was trying to you know open it up or whatever and um, she was like shuffling with the keys and whatnot and Jean came to the door and opened it up and then she she was uh, startled and then she shot him there but then 
like they they let her go, obviously they and they they gave her a chance to like they probably coached her up, mm-hmm. gave her a, gave her a, a good story, quote unquote, to and then they 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 came out with this story several days later when they uh, when they arrested her for uh, for manslaughter. So I think it should be noted that her story's changed or you changed once, mm-hmm. and not to, not to mention the fact that Black Robbie talked about how uh, the neighbor a couple of neighbors said that you know they heard somebody knocking. And uh, a woman's voice saying, uh, "Let let me in." And an argument, time. yeah, an argument. So I think I think all that all that should definitely be noticed. So yeah, I don't I don't believe I don't believe this chick at all. Honestly, I don't believe any anything that's, that comes out of the police department. I mean, like you said, they're already leaking stuff that you know he had weed in his apartment or whatever. This kind of thing. You you already knew that that shit was gonna happen. You knew it. And the fact that that's their first instinct is to fucking protect her. Yep. When she goes into another person's apartment and kills them dead, man, like yeah, a regular God, a regular like, Joe, f- like what the fuck, man, seriously, yeah, a regular Joe wouldn't get that kind of kind of, get the kind of protection. A regular Joe would just get arrested right right there on the spot, especially a black person. Yeah, you you you, you, you yeah, don't let, the other way around. Yeah, you especially. don't let them go. It's, it's it's infuriating and unbearable, man. What we what we're seeing because, I mean, it's one thing to to make up stories when they're in the line of duty. It's Completely something else different, you know what I'm saying? When that person <laughs> ended up in another person's apartment. Yep. But, but it doesn't matter, right? If they knew, oh that, if they know they God. can get away with it, they'll try. You know, if you keep getting away with the same shit, you're gonna try it on different variations. You don't care. You're like, hey, well, yeah. we get away with it in the line of duty. Let's get away with it off duty. Let's get away with it in our personal lives. Fuck, you feel man. me? So it doesn't matter. Yeah, man. So, I mean the way they fucking just defied police officers in this country, man, is sickening, mm-hmm. man. This is some fascist shit. Yeah, they're trying, they're trying to move yeah. the line as much as they can, you know. If a, poli- mm-hmm. if a police officer, you know, um, you know, if a police officer is off duty, you know, even then, no, you can't you can't say anything about police. No, no, you can't. They, they, there's no way. No, they, they could have done that. You know, this next going to be like a police officer's kid or whatever, a police officer's parents, a police officer, somebody who, who once applied for the police department. You know, it, it, it's, always, it's always something. So, yeah, I don't. I don't believe anything that has happened that's, that's that's transpiring. And quite frankly, I don't. I don't have any confidence in the uh, Dallas Police Department and or the Texas Rangers or the uh, or the uh, Dallas the, uh, the DA mm-hmm. to to prosecute yeah. this case at all. Mm-hmm. I think. I think either. I think either she gets off or she, they don't even prosecute. Honestly, mm-hmm. something. A minimal time. If, if, yeah. Let's just say, let's like if they pandered and said, okay, we'll do something. It'll be minimal time at least. It, it oh. won't even, it won't even go that far. Oh, they'll do like what they did when some of these cases go to go to trial, man. Have a lazy ass prosecution. Mm-hmm. Right, right. The prosecution exactly. is fucking lazy and almost, in, you know, incompetent by design. Yep. To mm-hmm. where the def, you know, defense can, you know, mm-hmm. present a case that then oh, all all white jury. Let's keep it real, man. Let's the police officer go yep. because oh my god he's a police she's a police officer. Uh-huh. Fuck man, if you want to be a criminal right now, man, just get your goons to go to police academy, man. You can yeah. you could be marking Pretty all much. your enemies. I think they yeah. I think I think they already do. I, know, I think I think that's the new like slogan, right? I think that's what they're saying now. That's on the recruitment posters. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, you have you, you, you seen the Departed? Do like yeah, the Departed. Yep, I was about to say that. Do like what they did in the Departed. Man. Right. <laughs> Hey yo, don't be trying to throw shots at that mask. Hey, fuck Boston. Boston. Fuck Boston. Boston. Hey yo, and see, that comes from haters. Fuck so, Boston. Okay. You know what? You know, I'm, I'm, I don't yell out. I don't yell out. Fuck Atlanta. Fuck New York. Because I have respect <laughs> for those cities. You know what I'm saying? 
It's obvious. And, they, and and you see they're talking shit hundreds of miles away, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'm, I'm boycotting clam chowder all month. Oh, that's cool. Clam chowder. <laughs> clam chowder. Oh man. So let's uh let's move on to the next story. So um uh recently uh uh Nike uh unveiled their new ad campaign featuring former NFL quarterback Colin Kaepernick. So uh the campaign was to commemorate the uh, 30th anniversary of uh, Nike's motto Just Do It. Uh along with an image of Kaepernick featured the words uh believe in something even if it means sacrificing everything. The ad campaign has drawn ire and criticism from those against the NFL protests. Uh, that Kaepernick has been the leader of. Uh, there have been even been some who desecrated their Nike apparel and posted it on social media to show their disdain for the new Nike ad. On the other hand, Nike did draw a lot of praise from those in support of Kaepernick's NFL protests. What do you guys think about uh, the uh, uh, Kaepernick-Nike ad and the protests? You know... <laughs> It's, um, it's funny. So I'm, it's almost like I'm going to be talking on two sides of my neck. So part of my contradiction <laughs> comes out what of what I'm trying it? to say. You know, uh, see, this is why this is why you don't give people the capabilities <laughs> to hook up a mixer. But <laughs> no, but um, you know, when Nike, man, I mean, we know that hey, they they took a bold step in you know putting and doing taking a calculated risk. But let's not kid ourselves. Nike is a corporation, right? Nike's doing what's in the best interest of their organization to make money. They didn't do this out of the kindness of their heart. Yep. They didn't say, hey, we're going to rock with Colin Kaepernick because we believe in his cause and the injustice that is being done to black people. They're like, shit, you know, what's the, you know, what's going to be the fallout of those customers that won't move with the, with the um, promotion versus those that, you know, we can gain the new customers. And everyone knows that real talk, all organizations know that the black spending power is, you know, definitely it's very lucrative. I mean, it's at a trillion. It's all. <laughs> it's over. It's well over a trillion dollars. So I, I don't know. It's like with Nike, you salute them, and you know, being a shareholder, good looking. Because hey, fuck it, you know, I'm gonna ride the great train <laughs> if I gotta do it. Oh boy, but, I, just, I just bought a hey, stock. Oh, no Jesus doubt, Christ. you got. Hey man, that's how I roll, man. You know, shit, I'm, I'm gonna ride it, but. Let's be real. It wasn't something they did out of the goodwill of their hearts as an organization. It wasn't part of their corporate social responsibility. But shout out to Colin Kaepernick. I mean, hey, you know what I'm saying? To really get this opportunity to be on a huge platform, to you know, to be the face of Nike moving forward, and to you know, bring notoriety to the fact that you know his cause and to his um, you know the organizations he's a part of. You know, the um, is the Social Justice Camp is the name of it. I don't know if I'm if I'm calling out the it's right a, name. No, you're right. Campaign. No, you're right. Excuse me. No, you're right. Campaign. Right. You know. Shout out to him for being able to use, you know, Nike to finance his platform and to continue to bring awareness to what the whole point of him kneeling was all about and what the NFL protest is about. Dumb dumbs out there who believe that it's about desecrating a flag. It's about injustice of black people in this country. So yeah. that's how I feel about it, man. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna be a cynic. Uh, you know, you're, you're right that you know Nike made a business decision but it's a decision that he have to make you know what i mean shout out to nike man nike's always stood behind their uh their art their, their athletes going back to charles barkley michael vick they stood by uh, michael vick hmm? they stood by michael vick yeah they didn't drop him no okay nike nike is always stood by the athlete by the athletes um and they were tiger woods they're still tiger woods he's still on nike right yeah yeah I don't, I don't, I've never seen them drop anybody just based on, you know, 
the the news coverage that that person is getting. <laughs> and I think you know I think they just know that they have a cool you know uh, fanatic uh, following and cool people who are not gonna be bent out of shape by something like you know having um, Kaepernick be the face of the campaign. So you know, shout out to Nike, man. I'll give anybody credit who puts money in his pocket. You know what I mean? They tried to take money from him. The NFL did. And I give Nike credit because they kept him on the payroll, and he's probably getting a fat check right now to be the face of this uh, campaign. Um, you know, goddamn, let that man see some money, man. He's lost enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I-, I see what you're saying, but um, I'm not really willing to give uh, Nike some Nike some credit for making money. I mean, this is, this was a business decision, pure and simple. And they, they, they figured that, you know, the people who, uh, who were, um, would uh, uh, increase the, uh, their sales, people who buy, like, the, uh, the high-end Jordans, the LeBrons, the Kobe's, or whatever, and they would uh, greatly outnumber the people who, uh, you know, who, who buy the, uh, the piece of shit white, white uh, clearance, <laughs> clearance bin Nikes that people have been burning on the Internet for the past couple weeks. So yeah, it's it's obviously you know they 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 know they know who their demographic is they know who they're who they're catering to and they know they know who doesn't matter so they they made a calculated decision okay as far as what's what's good for our for our our brand what's good for our consumer base what what can uh, galvanize people and this is it they did it so I'm not gonna give uh, I'm not gonna give uh, Nike uh, some props for you know making making money uh, I wish that Nike if they I wish that Nike would have would have said something or done something um, of substance uh, when it came to uh, endorsing Colin Kaepernick instead of saying basically putting out a statement saying, uh, "Oh, well, we support um, uh, Colin Kaepernick's uh, his uh, his pledge to um, his pledge to uh, just uh, get to uh, was it to like basically uh, put, bring uh, awareness to this to this issue this kind of thing." Nike isn't really putting in any money into you know actually getting uh, getting these um, the, uh, any kind of um, police accountability anything like that. If they would have done something like that, cool, I I could, I could fuck with it, but they're not. So I don't really I'm not I'm not giving Nike any 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 credit for this. It's good that that, that Kaepernick's getting getting a check off of it, um, but as far as, as far as Nike is concerned, all right, they're they're making money off of black folk who. Uh, Who's uh, who's uh, who's riding with Kaepernick? So, all right, cool. Yeah, but you know, you know, I would just say on the flip side of that too. I mean, they didn't have to though, right? But they they could have said no. Nope, we don't even want to mess with it at all. Even though they could have said, yeah, we it can be lucrative for the brand and we can definitely make money off of it. But they could have stepped back and said, nah, we're not messing with it at all. So it's that's why I said it's kind of like you know definitely um, a paradox because you're like, well. You know, it's it's not bold in terms of why they did it, but it is bold in terms of them taking a step. They didn't have to do it, but I see where you where you're coming from, though. I mean, like I said, I'm not giving them all the props because, again, you know, they they definitely did do their analysis and know that hey, what the hell, you of know, course. this is going to be good for us, right? Yeah, I mean, and they had a duty to do that because they had right. a duty to their shareholders to do no that, doubt. right? Exactly. But, right? No but doubt at the same us. time, is they did. Do something, right? No doubt. I don't think exactly. any other. I don't think any other corporation would do something like that. Yeah. They would just stay out of it. It's easier to stay out of it than to say than to do something. No matter. Well, you know right. what I'm saying? Losing no a customer what. is losing a customer. You know what I mean? Right. Like how mm-hmm. many more shoes is, is a person going to get because they're behind Kaepernick, right? Or apparel. And, and let's, yeah, let's so, be clear. Oh, 
My bad. Go ahead, bro. Um, damn, lost. Thank you. I lost my track. <laughs> my bad. bad. No, nah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, all I was going to say is let's be clear, too. I mean, when you look at it, Nike also just extended their deal with the NFL, too, for another eight years. So they're in bed with the same organization that's basically blackballing Kaepernick. So it's kind of a, again, it's it's a, it's a paradox yeah. on all levels, man, this whole situation. I mean, I mean, yeah, they have the right to make the money. And, you know, I just like this step, man. I like the fact that somebody's putting money in that brother's pocket. Okay, that, um, but I, I want to say, let's be clear. Nike didn't really do anything of substance. I mean, the only thing that they did was put out a, a campaign with Colin Kaepernick on it. They're not doing anything to help the help Colin Kaepernick's what what he he stands for, and this is this is the kind of thing that 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 bothers me is that a, a, a company like Nike they can do some they can do something like this in order to get some free press out of it, but when it comes to actually standing by the organization that Colin Kaepernick is 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 in charge of, he he founded and and that's doing good in the community. They're not doing it. They're not doing anything. I thought they uh, I thought they donated money. From this campaign that's going to uh, to his organization, I certainly haven't heard that. I've not heard hmm. that. Well, I mean, they're giving him the money, right? I mean, he's getting money. Well, so that, that's Colin have... Kaepernick's getting getting money. Well, but... that's what I'm saying. So they're hoping that hey, at the end of the day, if they're giving him the money, you know, and they're just hoping they they're using a different distribution system, right? They're not directly donating the money to his organization, but they're giving him the money to to contribute to his organization. So some people will say, isn't that the same thing? Some people. I'm not saying I understand. That is not, but some people might say it is the same thing. I don't, I don't buy that because I mean Nike is a is a is a huge corporation, and we know that corporations control America, so right. they, they could they it. could very easily just do some actually do something lobby some some of their money. I mean obviously they, they give they give uh, they give um, politicians millions of dollars every year. Mm-hmm. They could right. they could they could do something in order to uh, in order to help, but they're not they're not going to. So right. I, I'm. I'm not giving I'm not giving Nike any, any any props for making money is what I'm saying basically, so I am shit I'm a shareholder so I am right. <laughs> I mean but, but again I have my own self interest in this so just having his bad public clip man and putting money in his pocket that, that's a big step yeah. for me from a, from a corporation I don't yeah. expect a I didn't expect a corporation to do, to do that much okay um, um, yeah yeah, yeah. A, I yeah, guess I had no. lower. I have right. no expect- expectations than you do. <laughs> you say you say you do that much, like they like they did, like they did a lot. I mean, I mean the, the thing about it is that people. I mean, I mean, not to belabor this point, but people are like going crazy. I think Nike's yeah. online sales went up by 31 percent. Totally agree. I mean, no, that I agree with people you. are acting like you know Nike did something, so they're going, "Oh, I'm gonna support Nike or whatever." This they could have <laughs> gave that that money to fucking know your rights, right? Like, so I, I I don't I don't understand I don't understand this. They they're just they're basically vulturing. On on uh, on Colin Kaepernick's platform in order to make money. No, I won't say they're vulturing. I mean, they didn't have to do this, right? Like they didn't have, they not, have, to, they didn't have to make money. It's not. I don't. And they I don't. Have to use, they didn't have to use Colin Kaepernick to make money. They didn't right? Yeah, they didn't have to wait in something that's so controversial. If it was going to make them, you if know, it was going to make them money. Why wouldn't they? But it's a risk. They wouldn't have known how much money. They, I don't think they said knew how much of an impact this would have. They didn't know it could have been a backlash. They did this, but they took a chance. They took a risk, and it's a calculated risk, and it worked out for them. But again, I, like I said, as I opened up this segment when we first started discussing it, it's definitely you know a paradox for the simple fact that you don't want to give them the credit as if this was a goodwill gesture. It wasn't. <laughs> we know that. But at the end of the day, on the flip side. 
it's a, you know it's something to be noted that hey they could have stayed away from Colin Kaepernick totally he could have he's a to- he could be looked at as toxic you know so uh, you know again I'm not sitting there you know I'm I'm on this, I'm gonna err on the side of what Black Rob saying I mean hey they're corporations man I'm not expecting them to do corporate smart corporate social responsibility at every juncture that's what they say but we all know it's a tagline half the time so hey they did it you know and he's making money you know shout out to him okay. But I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm not gonna say that. I mean. I mean. Obviously, Nike's a huge brand. They knew exactly what they were doing. There's no right. way. There's no way that they would risk their brand without knowing exactly what would happen. There's no way they would risk their brand for on something like this without knowing exactly what would happen as far as like their increase in sales and the number of, number of customers they would they would risk to lose and the quality of customers that they would risk to lose versus what they would they would get they would risk to gain. So they knew exactly what what the, what the outcome was gonna be and it, it worked. It worked perfectly. Exactly. So, I'm I'm not giving I'm not giving them them any credit. I wish they would use the use their platform to do to actually help help Colin Kaepernick uh, and what he what he's trying to do. Because honestly, what frustrates me is that people um, talk about Colin Kaepernick and people talk about the flag and and what and what and what it means. They talk about it from a, a right wing perspective, but they never talk about it from a perspective of what he's trying to do. They never talk right. about uh, the actual issue that that. Colin Kaepernick is trying is trying to raise and go from there. It's always from the perspective of you know he, he he's just he's um, being disrespectful to troops or whatever this kind of thing and the flag. So I agree. So that that's that's that's, that's the kind of thing that 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 upsets me with this this kind of thing. So mm-hmm. so, but just do it and stand up for your rights. <laughs> <laughs> At the same time, that's a new tagline. Just do it and stand up for your rights. Well Damn said. <laughs> well said. So. We're gonna move on to uh, another segment. Um, so it's the, uh, the the sunken place uh, sunken place segment. So we have a, a couple of um, a couple of uh, nominees uh, to uh, nominate into the the sunken place. So uh, let's uh, first go with uh, Jim Brown. So recently, uh, Jim Brown gave an interview, and uh, he said certain things that have rubbed people the wrong way. Uh, he said, quote, um, I should be criticizing Trump on every level because he does certain things that call for criticism. Uh, but when I look at television, I see all these announcers becoming experts and they're pointing the fingers and they're not uh, doing a doggone thing by pointing their fingers. I find myself really pulling for the president, unquote. Uh, quote, uh, now that, now that may, might make me uh, very unpopular in the black community, very unpopular with a lot of Americans. Uh, but I think there are certain good things uh, that are coming out of this presidency because we've never seen anything like it, unquote. In addition, he also said about uh, Colin Kaepernick, quote, I want to be in his corner, and I do think uh, God bless him, unquote. But then he also added, quote, uh, I'm going to give you the real deal. I'm an American. I don't desecrate my flag and my national anthem. I'm not going to do anything against the flag and national anthem. I'm going to work within those situations, but this is my country, and I'll work out the problems, but I'll do it in an intelligent manner, unquote. So, what do you guys think about Jim Brown and his comments? <laughs> this nigga's out of his mind, man. <laughs> Damn. Uh, God. This guy, man, was a... Uh, the guy was a, has been an activist since, like, the 1970s. Mm-hmm. You know, just to see what he's, doing. I don't, I don't get it, man. I'm, I'm flabbergasted about what's going on with uh, Jim Brown. 
I mean, because you would think that's one person that you could depend on as an athlete activist that would have been against Trump based on the things that he's done, the pushing the racism against uh, Barack Obama and all the other shit that he said about other groups. I would not think that a person like Jim Brown would be the, would be having his back, and I, I'm I'm shocked and I'm confused because I don't get it, you know. Um, yeah, man, that's all I got to say about this guy. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, yeah, no, I know. I, I probably don't have much more to add. I mean, you know, when I first heard about it, you know, when we were talking about it in our pre-production meeting, I'm like, damn, like Jim Brown, word, like what, what, what would make him just give up like that and just sell out really real talk right and um you know i kept saying to myself well maybe he just tired he's like man i've been doing it since the 70s i'm tired of this shit i need to retire but he's 82 out, so you know to, but to sell out like that and you know you know let's be clear he was one of the first people to meet with trump right and i don't know trump flipped him or some shit again he you know he operates a gymnastics team so he be flipping people <laughs> you know i don't know but uh yeah i'm disappointed in jim brown man especially not coming to the aid of someone you know in the national football league a brother who's basically standing up for you know what's right just like he did you know it, it's just one of those things and it kind of shows a generational gap too so yeah, I mean, this is a guy that organized the, the support of athletes for uh, Muhammad Ali. Right. Remember that iconic picture with all the athletes around um, Ali showing support? Uh-huh. That was organized by Jim Brown. Uh-huh. So for, <laughs> for him nice. to, I'm just I'm confused about what his <laughs> motivations are. Got Black Rob stuttering. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, Let's get into it. Uh, so, exactly what is the problem? Is it the problem that he supports that he supports Trump? Is the problem that he he doesn't he doesn't really support the way uh, Colin Kaepernick is uh, is is going about this? What's the problem? Check, check, and check. Yeah, both. <laughs> check, check. Okay. So, um, if somebody says that uh, there's there's like he said uh, there are certain good things that are coming out of this presidency because we've never seen anything like it. That that's a problem. What good things and who and good things for who? Okay, so so you, so you're saying that nothing nothing good is coming out come out of this presidency? I didn't say nothing. I just haven't seen anything worthwhile and that's good for the as far as the country's concerned. I that's my yeah. personal observation. I mean, yeah, what good things? Okay, all right. So um, let me ask you a question then. Um, who? Who's done? Who's done more to to um, who's done more uh, as far as um, bad as far as um, bad things to the black community? Has it been uh, has it been Donald Trump or has it been Bill Clinton? Uh, so you're talking in terms of um, legislature that's been passed that's been detrimental to the black community? Yeah, I'm talking about anything. Well, I mean, if you're looking at it from that track record, I mean. Bill, well, we'll say under Bill Clinton's watch, okay. the crime bill. Okay. So, so I guess but what's my, the point? What, what, so, yeah, what's the point? So, I guess, that? I guess my next question is that you know, is is being is being um, is rooting for Donald Trump? Uh, the, does the rooting for Donald Trump mean that you're rooting against the black community, or does rooting does rooting for Bill Clinton mean that you're against the black community? Because um, honestly, I, I've seen I've seen both of I've seen both. Republicans and Democrats um, do bad do bad shit against the black community, but for some reason, only when only when um, 
uh, people support Republicans are they are they criticized? I mean, people. I mean, black people supported supported Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton was for you know the the crime bill that well, that really fucked up a lot, fucked up a lot, a lot of black people. A lot of black people were for that crime bill too in the community. Exactly. They asked for it. Okay, we say because crime was totally out of control, and they were like, okay, we need some to do something to fix it. And um, Republicans wanted to go even harsher, so. The fucking crime bill of 92 and 93 was, like, uh, a compromise between the two. So, I mean, it's important to remember that. It's also important to remember that I don't think it was done in a malicious way. It's not like Bill Clinton was sitting there rubbing his hands together to fuck up the black community. You know what I mean? But we know Trump has been actively saying and doing things that are discriminatory and racist towards black people. The whole Obama's from Kenya was, was nothing but a racist dog whistle. The whole and, and Hillary Clinton started that. Hmm? Hillary Clinton started that. Hillary Clinton campaign is the one, is the one who, who put out that, that, that picture of Barack Obama in the Kenyan garb and it basically, it basically made him out to be a Muslim. Hillary Clinton's campaign did that. I, don't, I mean, I've heard that. I don't know. I saw, I saw You didn't see the picture, right? I saw the picture. I don't know if they were the first ones to release it. but They were. Somebody in the Hillary Clinton campaign did. Okay, but you know Trump took this thing as a as a as a crusade for like two years. Talking about lying that he's sending people to Hawaii and they're coming back with very interesting things. He's questioning his intelligence by saying he didn't um, get into Harvard um, and Columbia by merit, refusing to rent to black people. I mean, it's, this guy's just been very hostile. Or indifferent to black people. So, I mean, if you, if you do support Trump and you're black, I got a question what the fuck you are doing. You do belong in the sunken, in the sunken place. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. <laughs> this, is yeah. Very, this is very interesting to me because um, the crime bill, the, okay, the crime bill was not, was, the Republicans were not trying to do something, something worse than the crime bill. The, the Republicans, they, they objected to all the spending in the, in the crime bill and everything. Democrats, they wanted to look tough and tough on crime. That's why. That's why they did it. There were some black people who 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 supported it. I mean, but to say that black people black people demanded it is, I think, a complete falsehood. Black people were demanding full employment. Black people were, were demanding a better better policing. But to say no. that to say that to say that just the fact and that reduction of crime and to, reduction of crime. Okay, in the better inner better, better policing. That, that okay better, okay. But, so, de, de, but demanding reduction of crime doesn't mean that you're demanding a three strikes law and you're demanding like millions of black people to be to be incarcerated. Bro, you don't remember ninety two. I remember all this. I remember reading articles in the Times back then. Everybody was caught. I mean, the Black Caucus was wasn't supported the crime bill. Some some were. Shit. Maxine Waters didn't support it. Uh, most, John Lewis didn't support it. Most people did. There's there's a lot. Of, I think I think it was like half and half. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of black okay. black black people in Congress who didn't who didn't support it, and there were a lot of black people who did. Yeah, I mean, they, they went so with the Democratic so, so agenda. Then black people do you think? So do you think it was go. done maliciously? Do you think like Bill Clinton did that maliciously? Of course, yeah, he know? did it maliciously. Well, nah, he, he did. He, he had Joe racist Biden motives. Too. Joe, Joe Biden did too. Joe Biden, because he was the author of the crime bill, right? Yeah. So yeah. he 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 was malicious too. Yeah, they want they wanted to look they wanted to look tough on crime on the blacks on the backs of black people. It's not it's not even it's not even it's not even like it's not even subjective. It's that, that's that's exactly what happened. It's not they, they weren't they weren't looking at, at at solutions. If they if they wanted to if they wanted to to help the black community, why why yeah. they, why wouldn't they why wouldn't they do other things? 
What, 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 would you, what, what would you have suggested? So let me ask you this. So since you, you're a critic of this and how, you know, highly critical, what would you have suggested? How could it have made it better? If okay. You just, and you thought an idea if you have to. Well, I don't, I don't think that, that, that just, if, if you're trying to do something, if you're trying to alleviate crime in the, in the black community, I don't think that throwing people in jail is, is a solution. I mean, crime, uh, high crime is, 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 is a byproduct of uh, lack of opportunity and, and lack of lack of resources. So if you if you want to, if you were to put resources in the black community, uh, put jobs put jobs in the community, that would that would actually have a, have an adverse how would have have an effect on uh, on, on crime in, in urban areas. But just but just to say that uh, black people they wanted they wanted uh, more they wanted more employment they wanted they wanted this they wanted that they want all these things and to just like put your hands and put your fingers in your ear and say and uh, and say uh, la 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 when when they want all these other things but when when as soon as soon as as soon as you uh you put you take your fingers out of your ear they say oh so they want so 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 you're saying you want you want more more crime more crime uh more more crime punishment okay all right well, we're just gonna do that so that so that's 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 a solution it's not a solution that 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 bill was just to um, make 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 it appear to look tough on crime it was a, it was a political thing I don't think it's political. I mean, crime, crime was out of control. I think it was just an overreaction. It was an overreaction, it, it, exactly. It was definitely an overreaction. Yes. It was an over, I don't know if it was that's them saying, oh, let's just throw black people in jail. I think it was more of an overreaction. But then it, the byproduct of the bill was such was that. So, But I think, you know, this is an, an interesting discussion and probably one we need to have further. But at the end of the day, do we believe that um, Jim Brown needs to be in the sunken place? So... What do you guys vote? Hell yeah. Yeah, I'm putting him there. At least, you know, until... Maybe he can get out at some point. Yeah, I would say probation. Yeah, is this a probate with, with, with possibility of parole? Yeah, with possibility of parole, but he's definitely got to go in the sunken place. Yeah. Nah, fuck now. that. I'm not, I'm not putting Jim Brown in the sunken place. So, <laughs> all right. So, cool. two votes two votes to one. I guess Jim Brown, he's going in the sunken place. All right, cool. Sink into the floor. Wait, 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 wait. Sink. All right. So, next up, we have uh, Dak Prescott. So, Dak Prescott, uh, he's gotten in trouble also. He said, uh, quote, I'd never protest during the anthem, and I don't think that's the time or the venue to do so. The game of football has always brought me such peace, and I think it does the same for a lot of people. Uh, when you bring such a controversy to the stadium, to the field, to the game, it takes away from that. It takes away from the joy and the love that football brings a lot of people, unquote. So, what do you guys think about Dak Prescott? Um, yeah, man. Uh, like I say, if you don't have anything good to say about this movement that's meant to highlight uh, police brutality, then shut your mouth. <laughs> you know, we don't want to hear your opinion on blah, blah, blah. Just shut your mouth, because not everybody is made to be an activist. Um, and we don't want everybody to, we don't, I mean, it would be nice to have everybody on the team, but most people are not built for it. They're not built to be uh, activists. So shut your mouth. Um, and if you can't, then yeah, <laughs> throw him in the sunken place. You know what? I couldn't say more. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better, Black Rob. Yeah, like, st- stay out of it. You know, if you're not, you know, if it doesn't impact you, if you're not Black, you're OJ, I mean Dak, <laughs> then just fall back. I mean, like, oh you know, you know, just just stay, just stay out of it. Yeah, I couldn't say any better. Uh, Yeah, 
basically. I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I've, look, Jerry Jones, uh, your master told you, okay, you're, you're standing up, so just fucking stand up, but you don't have to fucking throw Colin Kaepernick and whatever under the bus uh, with this stupid logic of, you know, it's, uh, what do you say? Um, it takes away from, uh, from the, the, the joy of the game, whatever bullshit that you had to say. All right, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I'm, I'm not black, I'm OJ. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> All right, he's gone. All right. So next up, uh, we have um, a Serena uh, in the U.S. Open final. So um, Naomi Osaka won the uh, 2018 U.S. Open with the assistance of a meltdown by Serena Williams, who dissolved in tears after three code violations con- contributed significantly to her shock defeat uh, in her ninth U.S. Open final. Um, Serena imploded in the second set, uh, surrendering a whole game uh, when she uh, called the chair umpire Carlos Ramos, quote, a thief, unquote, as a uh, 20-year-old Osaka held her, uh, held her nerve to uh, win 6-2, 6-4, the first ever Japanese winner of a Grand Slam title. So what do you guys think about uh, Serena's meltdown? Uh, look, I don't know the rules of tennis. I mean, I'm just a very casual uh, tennis uh, fan, right? Um, so I don't know what can what is the appropriate action um, or punishment for breaking a rule, but as a sports fan in general, I mean I think referees and officials should do their best to avoid having such a direct impact onto the outcome of the game. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel cheated, and other you know sports fans and especially like really hardcore tennis fans probably feel very cheated out of the uh, out of what happened right like the the referee has such a direct impact on the on the results of the of the of the match man like just just generally speaking i hate when that happens you know yeah i'll echo that like yeah when when officials insert themselves into you know the the match or the game that's when you know they're trying to you know they're trying to shine right they're trying to take away from the the athletes you know, performing on the field or in, in this case on the tennis court. And it takes away from the young lady who won. You know what I mean? It's like now she's looking like, damn, did I really win that fairly? Like did this, you know, official insert th- themselves into this match? And basically, you know, for Serena, you know, I, I would say that she definitely, you know, it threw her off a game. Right. Once that once that happened, she was just all over the place. But she had a reason to be angry because she, you know, as her her point of her argument was, you know, men do this all the time. Like their coaches will give them little signs, you know, from the stands all the time. And it happens, you know, with, with her male counterparts. So for the ref to or the official to all of us, or the, what do they call them, judges? I don't know in tennis. But for them to just insert themselves and act as if it's something that she alone d- does or did, does or, or will do, that's foul, man. So I think she had a right to go off on the guy. Uh, I completely disagree. Uh, I watched the entire match, and uh, Serena, she was outclassed in the entire match. She lost 6-2. Uh, Naomi Osaka, she beat the shit out of her in the first, in the first set. Um, Serena, she was, she was getting coached. You, you, it was, she did it very, very clearly. Um, you could tell in the replays she was looking over at, at her, uh, her coach. And you could see her, uh, her coach like, uh, sending her signals, and then her, her uh, coach like, gave, her, gave her a nod or whatever and, uh, you know, she, 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 when she was, she was looking. So... Yeah, she she was she was definitely getting coached and and she she got uh, called for a code violation. 
And quite frankly, let's not let's not act like men don't get called for code violations. This year alone, this year in the Grand Slam, uh, the Grand Slam tournaments alone, uh, there have been nine um, nine code violations um, being called on men um, for coaching. So let's not act like this is like some something that's just huh? How many by, for women? I think like two. So yeah, so and, and if we're talking about like mm-hmm. code code violations in in total, women get code when men get called for code violations twice as much as women do. So it's I, such I, big games in in the in the in the um in in Grand all the, the Grand Slam tournaments. So mm-hmm. let so let's not act like you know that this, this kind of thing has happened. A lot of people talk. We're talking about you know. Men do this, do this kind of thing. I mean, John McEnroe, he got tossed out of the the uh, Australian Open one year for for code violations. Well, I guess I guess the question is, you're saying code violations, but for coaching itself, are, is it still a two to one ratio? What's that ratio? Well, the code violations, it was like for this year, it was like nine to two men for co- for coaching, but for coaching that was for coaching that was an issue for coaching. Oh, okay, yeah. So I mean, pe- people are acting like you know this is they're just picking on her, or whatever. This this is unprecedented. Nobody ever gets called for this, but it it happens. It happens kind of. I wouldn't say rarely, but it happens occasionally. But I mean, you have to be pretty pretty dumb. I mean, a lot. I mean, it's it's like it's like any sport. And you know, you, a lot of people are cheating, whatever. And in football, people are holding. But if you make it so obvious that they have to call it, then yeah, you're then you have to have to call it. So I mean, it's it is what it is. And don't act like Serena's the only one who ever get who's ever gotten called for it. She's she's just too. Her and her coach were too dumb to just like kind of mass mass the signals or whatever. Do it do it more do it more slightly. And but yeah. then she acted like you know oh you're 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 um you're uh, you're 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 messing up my integrity or whatever. I'm a daughter. In the final kind of game though, like if if come on man, if I'm the referee, <laughs> okay. And it's a stupid rule to begin with. Okay, but it's, it's a rule. I don't get it. I mean, why can't you? But anyway, that's that's a different point. But okay. like. If I'm the referee, I'm not in the final match. I'm not going to do something that's going to change the the direction of the match well, or, or the outcome. So well, Serena's doing something to change the outcome of the match by getting coaching, which which Naomi Osaka isn't doing. So she's cheating. So I mean, why 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 is it okay for Serena to cheat well, well, and well, Naomi not? Well, it's what you just said. She maybe she was getting coaching and just didn't get caught. It's like holding. Everyone holds, but you know it just depends on who gets caught. Right? Exactly. So so we don't know. I mean, but again, my thing, and I guess it was spillover too from the French Open shit where they made a big deal about her outfit. Maybe it was the cascade effect, and she just took it as they're trying to attack me. Blah blah blah. But hey, you know, shit happens. But I think you know, Black Rob, you know, tell me if I'm wrong, but we're just saying basically, man, just stay the fuck out the game. Let the game take you know transpire and take place. And just leave it up to the athletes. And if yeah. Naomi Osaka's whooping ass, you're right. Then whoop ass. Then she can, you know what I mean? How but much coaching is that really going to affect, man? Like, if if she right. didn't need it, then why is she doing it? I mean, uh-huh. if, 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 Again, if, Serena, if Serena Williams is getting it. Everybody does it. But you what just I'm, said it. Everyone does it. She just so, got caught. So nobody, so nobody, <laughs> should, so nobody should, get, should get called for it? I'm just saying, hey, if I'm a ref, I'm letting that go. I mean, it's not, that, it's not life or death, man, that she gets some hand signs from her coach. Then and, she shouldn't you, do it. And you make you, you do such a call. <laughs> then, then she shouldn't do and it. And you do such a call that changes the uh, the, the the balance of the game. Man. Then, I mean, then I she think you're cheating the fans out of the out of an experience. Well, Serena was trying to cheat. Was trying to cheat Naomi Osaka out of her out of her win by by getting coaching. So At first of all, Serena she ain't got Serena ain't gonna cheat nobody, man. She's the greatest fucking athlete. That means she's above cheating. Ever. That means she's above cheating. Yeah. Ask Tom Brady. <laughs> Oh gosh, here we go. He just said everybody does it, but now she has to be ridiculed and highlighted. I get it. I know that's a Jets fan. 
Fucking snitches. No. <laughs> snitches. Oh, snitches. The, sni- the snitch organization. It's all good, though. <laughs> Can't beat us. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The Jets fan, right? Is that a, uh, is that a deflated man. ball behind you? Sitting uh, is that a deflated man. ball? No? Okay. My bad. So, uh, yeah. So, I, I think... I, I think that if you're if you're okay, look, Naomi Osaka, she she if she if she she wanted if Serena Williams wanted to want to beat Naomi Osaka fair and square, she should have just done it instead of like her and her coach. You know, if she if she didn't want to get caught, she shouldn't have, she shouldn't have cheated and she shouldn't have done it so so blatantly. But then to act, but she 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 could have just let that go if it wasn't for honestly. And the and she got caught for the code violation. That was a warning. And then she got then she she uh, she slammed her racket on the ground. Which was which led to the point. The point didn't didn't cause her to lose the game. She lost that. She lose lose the game or the match. She lost that that game like forty love. So she it didn't it didn't cost her anything. And she was already she already down the set. Osaka was beating the shit out of her. And then when she like called him uh, called him a um, a thief and she like a verbal abusing him. I mean that's when that's when it cost her, that's when it cost her the game. Obviously she was already she she just this whole thing just like she was like unraveling and that was that was her. That was uh, she just reached her melting point and, and that was it. That's that's what cost her the game, not the fact that you know, the the coaching. She could have easily just let it go a, a while ago. Mm. So, okay. that's the thing. So I think I think she uh, I think she was out of line, but um, yeah, congratulations to Naomi Osaka. And you know, shout out to her, man. Asterisk. Asterisk. Nah, 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 I ain't going after. There's, no, there's definitely no asterisk there. Yeah, I won't say you, that. Nah, congratulations. To you clearly didn't watch the match. She beat, she beat the shit out of Serena Williams. Yeah. So it's all good, man. Yeah. Shout out to Naomi. Yeah. So um, yeah, let's move on to uh, uh, summer music recap. So there were a lot of uh, different uh, albums uh, that came out this summer. A lot of uh, high-profile albums that came out this summer. So. Uh, what do you guys uh, like uh, this summer? What were your favorite albums this summer? And what albums uh, were disappointing to you? Uh, give me one of each. Uh, Black Rob, go ahead. Um, you know, um, very unbiasedly, I will say that oh my, favorite, my favorite album this summer was... Uh, Let nice. me guess. Can I guess? <laughs> uh, guess. <laughs> Kid, Kid Cudi. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you already know. He just had a birthday the other day. So I'm shout out, kick, shout out. Happy birthday to the GOAT. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed that album, man. It's the album that I've played the most um, this summer. And, um, you know, Kanye came through with the beats. I like the vibe of it. A lot of um, soulful singing combined with, like, great lyricism. It wasn't a lot of, it wasn't a lot of boom bap that we expected um, from Nas, or that we usually get from Nas, so... That kind of threw people off a little bit, but yo, I really enjoyed the album, man. Um, which one that I did I not like? I mean, I liked everything that I heard this summer. Um, yeah, I mean, Eminem's album was pretty good, but for his stature, there's uh, still some things that really just annoy me about Eminem. <laughs> we'll talk really? about we'll talk about Eminem, but yeah, okay. Certain things that still annoy me, man. It's like yeah, trying same, to, trying to cram so many words into a bar, and still all this, and this, he's still yelling a lot, man. Like well, he's, he's rich and angry. Relax, Eminem. Mm, okay, all right. So yeah, um, I, I, I like I, honestly the the Nas album was 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 very disappointing to me. Um, I thought that. 
I didn't think that Nas flowed very well on Kanye beats. I, I think I think it was it wasn't it wasn't a, it wasn't a good match for me. So um, I didn't I didn't really like it that much. So that I would say that was probably my that was my uh, disappointing album. Um, but what was your disappointing album, Black Rob? What 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 album did you like? Um, were you underwhelmed by? Uh, I mean, I thought they were all pretty good. The ones that I heard. Uh huh. Um, so yeah, Eminem. I just thought he could have came better. Like. I was very hype. I think I texted you. And uh-huh. I, I was listening. I was listening to the album, uh-huh. and then um, by the time I got to the end of it, I was like, mm. "Really?" And then I, thought, I, I thought you liked it. I mean, I like it, but I just expected better. Okay. I expected him to bounce back. Well, it's better than the last one. It was better than the last. It's better than what he's put out in a while, but it's still not back to form, like his true form, like back, like the Eminem show form. Oh, uh, true. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. What about you, T Black? Yeah, man. Um, it was tough for me because, um, you know, there were a lot of good music, like we, we all mentioned. But um, I would say definitely one that was under the radar that was a dope album was J-Rock's Redemption. That album from the TDE camp, he he stepped up. Like, I've been following J-Rock even when I was living out in L.A., man, when I first heard him for myself on the Nipsey Hustle remix, Hustle in the House. So, and I've been a fan. I've always, you know, checked on him. And when I found out, you know, later on that, you know, him and Kendrick and Schoolboy Q, Absol and, and Side Scissor and all that, you know, and they were on um, Top Dog Entertainment, I was following them heavy. So that album was dope, you know, especially the joint, you know, Out of Sight, Out of Mind with, you know, featuring J. Cole. That's song that's my shit off the album and when of course when you know what i'm saying was one of the big hits of the summer too um from a disappointment standpoint honestly for all that she you know says that you know she's the the i guess queen of hip-hop or whatever i was disappointed in nikki lee's album i think nikki lee you merged the two together chun lee you know because i was thinking chun lee cardi minaj and, and I do have my home. I have a homegirl by the name of Nikki Lee, so I'm not disappointed in you. Shout you out, Nikki Lee. Okay. But no, I was disappointed in, um, you know, Nicki Minaj's album. It, it just didn't do it, man. You know, for her to be getting all of the notoriety she gets, especially mm-hmm. the awards and the, you know, every time she shows up at a BT Awards for best female hip hop artist, you're like, uh, okay, you know, I thought she was gonna have some bangers, and I was really disappointed in her, man. Like, I really expected her to step up and to really have some good shit, but I wasn't really proud of the album at all. Okay, all right. Um, yeah, I, I agree with your your assessment. Um, for me, um, the uh, the disappointment, like I said, it was it was the Nas album. I, I had high hopes, but honestly, I don't think that Nas and Kanye is a is a good match. I think that probably somebody else would be a, would be a, a better match. I would love to hear a, a Nas Primo album, but I mean, mm. so but I don't I don't know if we're, we're ever gonna hear that. I mean, but um, hear it again or hear it again. I mean, or hear the collab. Do you think they'll do a collabo again? Because I'm sure they'll get together again. Well, they'll maybe. get together, but I would like to hear a whole album. An whole album, like, oh, a yeah. whole album. So I mean, like a prime, like will be dope. Oh uh, yeah. my god, that'll be sick. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that—that's what I would—I would, I would love to hear that. Um, but because I—I didn't really—I didn't really think that um, Nas over Kanye beats was like really that good. Honestly, I, I thought the flow was kind of was kind of disjointed. I didn't think that he he flowed on the, on the Kanye beats like um, like uh, all that well. So uh, it it was just, it was disappointing to me. It was nice to see to hear a Nas album, but I, mean, I think that I was, was elements of a rush. I think like the album got put together with the last week or so. You think so? Mm. That's what that's oh, what he wow. say. Um, but I mean, when mm-hmm. you listen to songs like um, Adam and Eve, uh-huh. it's like it's just vintage, vintage Nas. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like 
Yeah, that, that's my favorite song off the album. Um, and I kind of, he kind of like reminded me of like the old uh, Dungeon Family. I love mm. the, the the soulful singing mixed in with the hip hop. Uh, I really enjoyed that. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, yeah, so, so, but for the album, uh, my favorite album of uh, the summer was definitely the Pusha T Daytona album. I thought it was uh, the best uh, produced album, and um, uh, Pusha T, I thought uh, he made incredible music with Kanye. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, uh, and the and the uh, the um, Drake disses were great, also, I love um, so yeah, I, I just thought it was like the best, the best uh, overall top to bottom album. I thought the Kanye solo album was uh, disjointed. I thought it had some high highs, but it also had some really low lows. Also, it wasn't nearly as good as uh, as uh, uh, the last album, The Life of Pablo. Um, so yeah, that was that was pretty disappointing. Also, but um, also, I mean, Kanye he also put that album together like basically right after the, the whole TMZ uh, incident. Yeah. I would have loved to hear the album that he had before that. Because I'm sure he had he had an album ready, but he just put this, this shit out after the TMZ yep. incident. Zoom, 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 zoom. Yep. Zoom, 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 zoom. Zoom, boom, boom. Scoopity, 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 scoop. You know, that, that's a hit right there. You know, and also that you know, I wasn't too impressed with the Drake album, Scorpion. I wasn't. I thought I it was okay. Think. I thought it was okay. Uh, yeah, I was disappointed for yeah. all, you know, especially for how Pusha T went at him. Made me go, all right, you, you a little nervous. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying he kept he yeah. kept throwing in like all kind of like uh, subliminals, right? In there, like you know what I mean? kind of scattered throughout the album. Right. Um, I didn't even listen to it. Yeah. I, not, I've never listened. I've never listened to a Drake album. He's singing half the time. That's why I couldn't get with. Him. I'm like, look, are yeah. you a rapper? Do you rap? Man? Like, are you an MC? Wait, we, I'm not even gonna say MC. That's really reserved for true. People, you know, people that ghostwriter. People not. <laughs> I let Black Rob say it, but God, you know, there's a difference between a rapper and an MC. Everybody, hip hop people in hip hop know that. Yeah. 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 True. Anyway, he's so, a pop star. Let's be honest. No doubt, he's oh, a no pop question. star that happens to rap. Hip hop. Yeah. I call him hip hop. Yeah, definitely. They need to really come up with that category for you know with a lot of these music award shows. There needs to be a hip hop category because a lot of so-called rappers that's what they do. They hip hop. Mm-hmm. But we could you know we could have a whole show about that. So let me not go off on a tangent, yo. True. Okay. Well, let's move on to another segment, and this is a segment that we call "What's Beef." Beef is when I see you. Uh, so uh, we didn't talk about uh, several of the uh, uh, prominent beefs that have occurred recently. So first one is um, Eminem and Joe Bun and MGK. Also, we throw that in there. Also, so on uh, Eminem's uh, album Kamikaze, uh, Eminem said, uh, "Quote: Somebody tell Bun before I snap. He better fasten it or have his body bag get zipped." Uh, then he later said, uh, "The closest thing he's had to hits is smacking bitches." <laughs> so. Then uh, Joe Bun he replied back on his uh, his podcast. He went like on a on a like hour long rant um, about Eminem and you know the slaughterhouse, uh, what happened with them, and um, just a, a lot of stuff. Um, you could tell he had a lot to get off his chest. Um, and uh, he also uh, Eminem also went after MGK and MG, and MGK came back with a with a flaming diss back, and Eminem also came came back with a, a very tepid. 
uh, response also to me anyway. So what do you guys think about uh, these M&M beefs? Um, <laughs> it's But, you know, it kind of goes hand in hand to what we were talking about, you know, as far as the Kamikaze album. I mean, you know, for him to just make an album, just be yelling out people's names, it was kind of like, all right, like, you know, what's your point? You know what I mean? And especially if you see his interview, if, if y'all had a chance to see his interview with Sway, yeah. I'm like, damn, man, like, you're angry right now. Like, what's going on with you? Like, you could tell, it, you know, the albums that were disappointing have, have been taking a toll. And um, he, he just had a lot to say. It was just like, yo, like, what's the, you know, like, damn, dude, like, what's really going on with you? Like, what's up? You know what I mean? But as far as, you know, going after, like, an MGK, I mean, he knows MGK isn't of his caliber, man. It's like, to me, he was just shouting out a lot of rappers that I think he knew he could go at. Now, as far as Joe Budden, he, it was really just, it was more like, you know, a response to Joe Budden, you know, going in about the whole slaughterhouse and how the issues that he saw with the group being all shady. So I felt like, yeah, Eminem was probably more responding to, you know, his Joe Budden's interviews. But as far as like lyrically, you know, Eminem really doesn't go at like really top caliber MCs like that. He's never done that. So I'm like, stop picking on the whack rappers, man. Pick on, pick on like some real, real, you know what I'm saying? Like MC caliber rappers. And then, you know, we'll definitely see what's up. Yeah, um, I mean, <laughs> I, I, uh, the Joe Budden thing—that line was was whack, really. Yep, uh, right. It was whack, yeah. man. It's no a punch, whack line. Man. Like, no punch. There's something about Eminem nowadays. He has just—he's—he's a good rapper, but he has some corny punchlines these days, you know. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, uh, Joe Budden's flamed him on the podcast. That was some, honestly, some of the best podcasting I've heard ever. (laughs) (laughs) Word, oh wow. I mean, he really went in on him for about a good hour. Just dissected Eminem. And I was agreeing with everything that uh, that Button said. Like, Mm M is very stiff nowadays. He yells a lot. Um, He hasn't had really anything interesting to say over the last few albums. Um, So I agree with a lot of what Joe Button had to say. And then MGK just dropped a uh, (laughs) fucking bomb out of nowhere. I don't, I didn't even know who MGK was, you know. I mean, I had heard the name, but right, I've never right. listened to a song of his. I was like, "Wow, okay, it was a good diss song, man." Like, he had it was some, quality. It was quality. Yeah, was he had quality. some good lines, you know. And the, you know, he was flowing on it, and um, cause I guess he he studied Eminem uh, because I think he's one of his heroes or whatever. But yeah, he said that too. Yep. That's yeah, that's what he said. You yeah. know what I mean? He had some good lines on there. He he got him, and then Eminem re- responded, and I thought it was just eh. the kill shot. You you didn't you didn't think like y'all didn't like the kill shot. That shit no. was whack. That shit was whack, B. He's talking about he's talking about man buns. Really, yeah? <laughs> he's got a man bun. Really? Uh, yeah. I mean, MGK MGK flamed him. He flamed the shit out of him. Honestly, I, I, honestly, I didn't think MGK was that nice, but I mean, he really. That was that was a really 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 good good diss honestly he he, he got him good, good response yeah and good response but yeah but for Joe but now the question I would raise is does Joe, well wait do you have something to say sir before I moderate <laughs> would you have something to say about it uh yeah as far as like Joe Budden um I find it interesting that um, Eminem he has a problem with with Joe Budden because I mean Joe Budden I mean he's he's in media now I mean this is his fucking job. This is what this is what he he's supposed to do. He's supposed to like uh, critique albums. I mean, honestly, he's not the only person who thought that uh, that last Eminem album uh, last year was like was trash. A lot of people thought it was trash, 
And the the two, he, he, the two songs that that he mentioned though were the one with uh, Beyonce, the Walk on Water shit, and the other one um, I forgot what it's called, but the one where he's talking about the Black Boy, Black Boy, um, that that single also that those those were pure trash songs. And Joe Bun and Joe Bun he called he he said it he called it out. This this is what Joe Bun is supposed to do. He's supposed to critique, and he obviously he, he thinks that Eminem is a, is a top five MC of all time, but. Um, yeah, if if Eminem is putting out shit, he has to call the shit. But um, Eminem somehow seems to think that because uh, Joe Bun was on Slaughterhouse, he was on Shady, that he owes him owes it to him not to critique him. He's he, very he, sensitive. Yeah. Is one thing I, yeah. I yeah. oh yeah, this absolutely. Thing. He's so goddamn sensitive about everything. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's ridiculous. It's fucking ridiculous. It's his fucking job. It's his fucking job to to to, to critique to critique music. And you're the biggest hip hop artist. Um, Probably of all time, and you and you think that he shouldn't he shouldn't be able to say this, this shit is trash. I mean, it seems like he he said he had a problem with you know him saying this is the worst song of all. This is the worst song I've ever heard or whatever, some shit like that or whatever. But he ha- he has a problem with it. So yeah, I would say Eminem, dude, get the fuck out of here. You're you're rich. You're like the best selling uh, hip hop artist of all time, and. This is Joe Budden, you know, he's he's part of media. He's on a podcast. He's on he was on Everyday Struggle. He's he's supposed to give his opinion. And if his opinion is that your music is trash, which is what a lot of people thought at the time, then yeah, fucking your music's trash. Don't don't get bent out of shape about it. Yeah. You know how you can avoid that? Making good music. Make better music. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so that's you, really it. so I guess with all that being said, does Joe Budden respond? Or do or is he take or do you think his position is, you know, definitely um well, being that he's media, that this is where his position should definitely stay for right now. No, I don't. I don't think he should respond at all. I mean, I think. I think honestly, I think that the the podcast response was was better probably than uh, than than any response that he could po- he could possibly give. I mean, he just he, he he flamed them for a fucking hour, and he he talked. He said basically probably everything that he would say in a diss on a podcast for an hour. So I mean, yeah. why why should he? I like to see a response. I like to hear a response though. <laughs> Because I know, you know, Button has that new show on um, on Diddy's channel. Yeah, State of the Culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah State and, of the Culture. Uh, what's McCullough was <laughs> calling him a oh, Remy, yeah, Remy. Yeah, yeah, Remy. She was wilding. <laughs> yeah, Remy she was. Wild. She was wild. I was like, uh, man. Yeah. I was like, damn, Papoose has a lot to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah. Let me be nice to Remy, man. Cause she, she knows for shooting people. She gonna flame you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Remy. <laughs> I didn't. I did not mean that. Yeah, I don't. Shit it. I don't think. I don't think Button should respond. Uh, T, do you think Button should respond? Oh man. Um. It's kind. Of, um. Like I. I would say this. If Eminem comes back with another track, like oh. if, like let's say in the last kill and kill shot, if he says something about Joe Button, regardless of how whack that song is, then yes. So any anything else that comes out of his mouth, then yeah, he, he needs to respond. He said something. He said something about him in Kill Shot. Yeah, yeah. It was a line. It was a throwaway line. That's what I'm saying. M shit doesn't hit hard nowadays, man. Mm. No, it doesn't. You know what I mean? I think a lot of it has to do with he's trying to be, trying to amaze people with his wordplay and putting so many words together that (laughs) they lose meaning. Great wordsmith. He's a great wordsmith. (laughs) Shut the fuck up, man. Spit bars. Flow bars, right? And flow. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, that's true, but uh, yeah, but at the same time, you know, Joe Budden, he's media. I don't think he should be like creating songs and then talking about the talking about the this the this the, the responses and everything. I mean, he just 
He's retired. He's staying in his lane. Do he's doing really well. So I, I think he should just stick the way what he's doing. He just got his fucking show and and his po- and his podcast on Spotify. So I don't think he should be he should be in that in that place. He should be focusing on uh, on his show, his, both on his podcast and his his real show, both of which are excellent. Mm-hmm. They're both excellent. So mm-hmm. I don't want to see him go back in the booth, honestly. So. Uh, let's move on. Uh, so apparently, uh, Drake and Meek Mill have ended their beef. So while performing on stage on Boston, on uh, Drake invited Meek Mill on stage uh, to show the crowd that while the pair had buried the hatchet once, once and for all, um, Drake wrote on Instagram, uh, "This really gave me peace of mind tonight. Healing and moving forward uh, created one of the most electric and gratifying moments of my career." Uh, referencing Mill's uh, release from prison in April, Drake added, I'm happy for you, that you are home and that we could find our way back to our joint purpose. What do you guys think about this? It's a good look. Mm-hmm. Good hip hop. Yeah. yeah. I mean, sometimes you, you fight and then make peace. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sell, sell tickets to the fight and then sell tickets to the, you know, to the peace uh, making. Um, so, I mean, it's good. I mean, th- nothing would say that was out of bounds, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, but, except exposing that he's a ghostwriter. <laughs> except yeah, for that. I guess he really doesn't care that much about it. Well, nobody cares anymore. I mean, so, that's hip-hop. Hip-hop doesn't care anymore. Yeah. Hip-hop doesn't care. Hip-hop. No, that, this, <laughs> it's the, this, this, this the culture now. I mean, people, I mean, I'm, everybody, everybody, like, uh, pretty much everybody. I mean, Cardi B has ghostwriters. A lot of people have fucking ghostwriters. Well, it's all about an album, right? I think for an album purposes, you know, it, it is what it is because it's about entertainment. The entertainers first, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're talking about emceeing, no, nah, you know, these guys nowadays, it's very hard, few and far between on the main sta- mainstream to really find a true MC, you know what I mean? Outside of the Kendricks, outside of, you know, those, the J. Coles and so on. So Black Thought, you know, we, the list goes on, you know, even our favorite MCs. So it's one of those things where it's like, it's acceptable when making an album, I can't trip. But, you know, again, I'm glad it's over personally. I mean, I, I felt like it was really over Nicki Minaj anyway. So it's like, honestly, <laughs> for that shit to be long standing where they really didn't have any true you know, problems like that. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, end that shit, man. Y'all make money, do y'all thing. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. It seems to me like it's uh, ghostwriting is acceptable uh, up until the point where you talk, start talking about like you know the greatest, the greatest of all time, greatest MCs or whatever. Right. But if you're talking about just the music, I mean, nobody's you no know, giving anybody any shit for you know uh, oh, yeah. for go for having ghostwriters. I mean, Dre had ghostwriters. Yeah, um, I mean, you're definitely off that list. Yeah, exactly. You're, you know, off, you're if, off the list as far if, as that's concerned. Yeah. But you know, it's not like niggas is kicking you out. You know, it's like, fuck no. out of here. You don't write your own shit or whatever, no. this kind of thing, whatever. No. So nobody no, nobody, nobody even cares anymore. Yeah, it's irrelevant. So if you're talking about your top five, yeah, that's the only way that anybody yeah, cares. I think he's officially off that list forever. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, you know, but like Serve just said, though, in this generation, I don't know. I, our generation, absolutely. But this generation, they have a very, like we said earlier about low expectations of Nike. They yeah. have very low expectations and a low bar of their they favorite do. artists. They, they do. do. Well, I mean, when, when hip hop started, it wasn't even about like the MC. It was about the DJ first. And then like, you know, later um, you know, with the Rock Hymns and, uh, you know, Everybody else became more about the, the MCs and the lyrics and everything. And now we're, we're we've moved into an era where it doesn't even it doesn't even all you have is the fucking catchy hook or whatever, and uh, you know the the uh, music that you can dance to, whatever the trap music, all that shit. It doesn't even it doesn't even matter. The, mm-hmm. the lyrics don't even matter. So yeah. that that's the kind of where we are right now. 
So and hip hop evolves, and we know how how it evolves. But it, you know, with the D, and you're right, it was about you know the MC was really there to really emphasize and just highlight the DJ. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. it it really, but then once the MC came, it it's been like the prominent stamp in hip hop culture. And so for now, it's I still think lyrics matter. Hashtag lyrics matter. <laughs> All lyrics matter. <laughs> All <laughs> hip hop, true lyrics matter. <laughs> <laughs> True. Okay, so let's move on to uh, another beef. So, uh, Nicki Minaj and Cardi B were uh, were fighting also. So, um, uh, Cardi B and Nicki Minaj were involved in a heated altercation during the Harper's Bazaar Icon Party at the Plaza Hotel during New York Fashion Week. Uh, in videos, uh, they were seen in a scuffle toward the end of the party. Uh, Insider said that uh, Minaj was mingling with guests and kept it kept herself when Cardi lunged at her and began shouting. Um, and Nikki then didn't move and continued on with her night. Uh, footage also appeared on social media and showed Cardi B throwing a red high heel at Nikki Minaj. Uh, we have a little uh, audio of uh, this uh, altercation. What are you implying, sir? I make no implication, sir. But others may read implications into a simple statement of fact. I consider that an offensive remark, sir. I congratulate you on your perspicacity, sir. Would you care to withdraw your statement with an apology? I would not. <laughs> Very well. Um, we will continue this further when we reach shore. We will, sir. When I shall expect an apology from you. By God, sir, I will not stand for this. I shall have recompense in a duel at first light. I shall look forward to that with pleasure, sir. I shall send a friend to wait on you. He will be most welcome. No, it was way more ratchet than that. So, <laughs> what did you guys think about uh, the video um, and the uh, the fight between Nikki and Cardi? Well, like they used to say in uh, Atlanta Public Schools, let them hoes fight. <laughs> <laughs> man. Oh, let them fight, man. Um, this might be the realest beef <laughs> that's Probably going is. on right now. Probably is. I mean, yeah. shit. Cardi B yeah. was like, when I see you, I see you. On site. On site. On site. On site. On site. You kind of have to respect that at a certain level, right? And, um. <laughs> but see, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why, like, uh, the competition between female rappers is always so fucking intense. Um, mm. Like, I think they have it in their mind that it can only be one. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. you know, back, even going back to Fox and Kim, Kim mm-hmm. um, they hated each other. And really, for what reason? They even, <laughs> they, and they, got, were, they got CNN and freaking uh, Junior Mafia to shoot it out at, in front of Hot 97, mm-hmm. man. And they were yeah. cool at first. They were cool for a while. Yeah. They were going to make a, 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 a Bonnie and Clyde. No, no, Thelma and Louise album together. Yeah. So yeah, they they were they were and then you know, shit happened. It's so. it's just crazy. I just I find it, I, you know, very interesting that um, female rappers themselves think that they you know there's a limit to the number of females that can be out there that are popping. And and they hold grudges too. God, do they hold yeah. grudges? I mean, shit, it'd be twenty years for for uh, Foxy and Kim. They you still ain't fucking with each other. And, yeah. I, and I was, but I would also throw in with that. I don't know if it's well. So I'm gonna say it this way. I'm gonna unpack this. 
I don't think it's really the females who think they can only be one female rapper. It's that what they buy into the industry, how the industry always puts them, you know, kind of puts them against each other as if they can only be one. And what happens, unfortunately, with a lot of these female rappers, they buy into the shit. And then they keep going after if there's another girl who, or another female comes into the game. It wasn't like this back in the 80s, though. Like, you had MC Light, Latifah, Moni Love, um, Sweet Tea, you know, Salt and Pepper. I mean, you had icons, you know what I'm saying? Miss Melody, you know, the list goes on, right? So it, it, you could coexist, but as we, you know, kind of moved into this whole mainstream of hip-hop, and, you know, when hip-hop is not pop culture, they've now created this, okay, there can only be one. You know, if you're nice, Lil' Kim, you're the only one. Right. you're the only one. So I think it's not really the women who are, are really promoting or saying to themselves, yes, this is how it needs to be. They just buy into it's the it. bullshit and follow it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, started, it definitely started in the 90s, right? Yeah. And um, yeah, Mid-90s. I would say mid-90s. So when Lil' Kim yeah, came out, right? Yeah. With Lil' Kim, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous it's sad, uh, yeah. way of thinking. And then all this, like, um, the, the older... Established artists always feels like they have to kick down the the, the the new guy, the new girl that's climbing up the ladder. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Nicki seems so fucking bitter about uh, Cardi B. Yeah. The same way, yeah. remember how little Kim, how bitter she was, and about uh, about Nicki. Yeah. You know what? But was she bitter about Nicki? Because here's my thing with the whole Nicki Minaj and Lil Kim beef. I don't think Lil Kim was bitter. She just wanted her to acknowledge, okay, you got your style for me. Nicki Minaj was on this rant and on this wave that she acted as if she created the, you know, the whole, you know, um, you know, rap like um, not raunchy, but what, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the the hardcore, you know, yeah. fem- sexism and sexuality in hip hop. That mm-hmm. was all Lil Kim was saying. That was her beef, yo. Her thing was like, yo, just acknowledge where you got the style from. Just be like, yo, Lil Kim. Like they would ask her in interviews. They would ask Nicki Minaj in interviews. Do you do you credit Lil Kim for your for influence you? No, no, it's all me. It's me. Whoa, <laughs> when you fucking look, you're like, damn it, you are Lil Kim reincarnated. She even had the nerve to do the same the um, hardcore the pose. pose. Yeah. yeah, so come on. Man, that's all Lil Kim's beef was about. You know what I'm saying? As far as I saw it, she didn't have a beef with her being the new chick on the block. She like, that's what's up. You know what I mean? Oh. It was just she was like, don't try to act like you created the style. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. I, I, okay. I definitely agree with you there. I mean, uh, yeah, I think I mean Nas credits, you know, Rakim. You know, a lot of male male rappers they'll they'll credit you know people who uh, who influence them. But Nicki, Nicki seems like just like a super petty person, and she seems like super insecure also. I mean, even like yeah, on, no doubt. even on yeah, social no media, doubt. she seems like she'll just like lash out at people, or whatever, over like the the smallest, smallest, smallest thing. But she has the nerve to call herself a queen and shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, it's kind of, it's kind of weird. At it, the at the end of the day, she's she's just a, she's a ratchet chick from yeah, from Queens. Exactly. So <laughs> and she's with, not. with ratchet tendencies. Yeah, man. True. So yeah, so I. I and and Cardi B, we know Cardi B's ratchet. I mean, she I mean she acknowledges it, and she, you know she's uh, she's petty, obviously. She owns it. Yeah, she owns it. She owns it. <laughs> Boy, that, girl, she... that girl's from the Bronx, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't right, think Nicki yeah, knows what she's fucking yeah, dealing yeah, with yeah. here, man. No doubt, that's real talk, Black Rob. Because I said that to him, like, yo, Nicki, man, this girl is straight up telling you, 
I'm in a gang. So yeah. <laughs> straight up gang. Like I don't play. Like I run that's how I roll. Like and you know, she's she's out here. Like Cardi B's real, man. She ain't no chick out here that's on some like pop culture shit. She like, yeah, I make the money, but y'all know what it is. You yeah, know what man. I mean? You know, I'm on I'm about the shit. So Yeah, Cardi B said she said I don't I don't I don't write rice this this write this is uh bitches. I fight bitches. <laughs> Well, and so, I, I mean, believe her. Yeah, well, no doubt. Well, I definitely believe her. She'll cut a bitch quick. Yeah. Look, look. I remember. I went into. I went to fifteen, fifteen, twenty Cedric in the day. <laughs> Not at night. In the daytime. You, you didn't see Cardi there, did you? She, nah, she ain't there. But I'm sure. But yo, she do be moving around there. She be out there sometimes I'll around bet. her old way. Yeah, she be out in the Bronx with a fucking Maybach and shit in her Bentley. What she bought? No, she bought a Rolls Royce. She be out there rolling through. She crazy. Yeah. She yeah. crazy, man. Like, don't yeah. fuck around with gangsters. Like, hip-hop artists gotta understand. There are real gangsters in this culture and in this music right now, so speaking ease of, up, man. Speaking of which, uh, which which hip-hop artist would you guys uh, least want to fight? Ugh. A prime uh, ghost face. Ghost, that's a good, that's a really good one. <laughs> that's a, real that's one, a really yeah. good one. Yeah, action Bronson would feel the same. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, he didn't put the pause on action, though, did he? Yeah. Now, now he was going to. He pressed. He was him. going he to. Yeah, yeah. But he yeah. didn't. Yeah. I believe Ghostface will whip a person's ass quick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Riz, no, no remorse. In Riz's book, Riz said Ghostface is a superhero. He's seen Ghostface fight four dudes at the same time <laughs> <laughs> in a club. You know, um, damn. I know that's a good question, man. Who would I? Uh, shit. I would. I the first person that comes to mind right now out of these rappers is probably like Casanova. <laughs> That dude, I wouldn't want to get in a fight with him mm. because he's, he's fresh out there. He, he don't give a fuck. He's a he's a jail dude. He's like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. And those are the worst kind of people to fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you can, you know, you fight someone who don't give a fuck. <laughs> well, good mm-hmm. luck. <laughs> you know? so yeah, that's I get that. I get about that. You. For me, about you, sir? for me, it's Fat Joe. I mean, shit. You could ask 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 Cuban Link if he want if he want that that smoke. So I mean, yeah, Fat Fat Joe. He he's he been a, he been a gangster. He's been he been he been shooting, cutting, stabbing, fighting. Right now with the old Joe because the, right now because like right now the old Joe the old he Joe ain't change. I'm sure he ain't change. No, no, no I'm doubt. sure he ain't change. Yeah. Just for the feds, right? He's just he, saying that feds. Them, <laughs> them Bronx them Bronx niggas. Check 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 Cardi B in twenty years. She'll be the same same hood chick. Shit. Shit. It was uh, CeeLo from the Goody Mob say the first time they met Fat Joe, he was throwing somebody <laughs> down, the, down the stairs in a club. <laughs> I believe it. Yo, I hey, definitely nice, believe that. And then he turns around, hey, nice to meet you, I'm Fat Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Want a drink? <laughs> I, I definitely believe that. Yeah, Fat Joe is the one for me. Uh, definitely, yeah. I mean, nobody's ever questioned what he says, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like exactly. His, there's, there's a lot of people his who, who they question is impeccable. Yeah. A lot of people who they question, you know, the shit that they they say in their rhymes like mob deep and shit like that, but nobody nobody has the nerve to even question any anything that Fat Joe says. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. so yeah. So uh that concludes our uh podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Anything you guys want to uh you guys want to uh interject before uh we uh, wrap this up? I don't think we, we covered it all. Yeah, man. Good good start to the second season. Yeah, man. Yeah, season two. Season two. So we'll be back uh, weekly. Sorry we left you guys uh, for a while, but uh, we had to go on summer break, and uh, somebody had to go and leave uh, leave, uh, leave uh, the kingdom. So, <laughs> yeah. So, but I'm back. I'm, 
I'm virtually in the kingdom. That, that the, the vibranium has bought me back. <laughs> Just <laughs> don't don't back. don't give it to the colonizers though. Nah, man, I'm holding that shit, <laughs> holding on to it straight up. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's what's up. That's what's up. So yeah, uh, if you uh, please, uh, if you want to send us an email, send us an email at official three kings podcast at gmail Follow us on uh, on Twitter at uh, three kings podcast. And on Facebook at Official Three Kings Podcast. And with that, we're out, ladies and gentlemen. Bye now. Peace. Gee. Classic hip hop shit. Dr. DRE, Rose and Jay. Let's get them. We started out mopping floors, and now we front row at the awards. Number one for the last 20 years. If you real, motherfucker, scream cheers. Motherfucker, scream cheers.